0: to the drunk tank episode 8 I don't remember what the hell we called this thing but I am Doc Ryan that is the crazy drunk drunken scoutsman as I damn near choked to death Chris, say hi Chris hi Chris, what's going on buddy yeah I'm no bad, how are you I'm alright, how was your
1: week week has actually been so busy like <laughs>
0: your twitter was so crazy so
1: fucking busy, I managed to get Three do- a three night jobs of delivering covid samples oh, like nice. 200 miles away so i was literally it was like 8 p.m. i was picking up the covid samples and driving 3 hours down south to deliver wow. them to a research facility then i had to drive back so it was like 2 in the morning before i was coming back and i had to do that three nights and then i ended up i done one friday I drove from Glasgow a to a town called Presswick in Scotland mm-hmm. and then came back to Glasgow to drive straight down to a little village or town outside London. Oh, yeah. And then I had to go into Heathrow Airport to deliver something, which was a whole... <laughs> I was only having to go to the cargo area. And then you got put into another warehouse Where the guy took the parcel Signed some things for you Then you went on your merry way And I managed to get down to London and back in the, one, the same day And wow. then On the Saturday night I then had to go back down and do the COVID sample Run again mm-hmm. So my week has been I think overall From Tuesday to this coming Tuesday I'd have travelled 3500 miles
0: Okay, that's fair. That's fair. That's- and
1: I think I've done something like 47, 48 hours worth of driving. It's been an absolute brutal week. Like, I was waking up like s- today. Today, I couldn't get out of my It was about maybe 12, 1 p.m. before I could go of my bed. My back was just in two. See, just sitting in that position. Yeah constant for like four days that's what it was and it was just like i was struggling to even get out of my bed and walk right. it was just i mean no it wasn't a hard week as in like i hated that it. it was a bad week it was just it was one of the weeks where you go i fucking done something i worked this week and i deserve a day off yeah definitely so it, it's it. It's actually been a really, really good week, like work wise, especially. Like, we made bank this week. We brought in a second driver that just sort of hit the ground running. We were able to get extra work mm. for him. So, we managed to exceed what we thought we would make against it. So, it was a fantastic week for us this week. Yeah, yeah I, I don't good. think the same can be said about yourself that
0: oh yeah this week uh, this week well work especially has been kind of like rough like the place i work at which i can't name for you know professional reasons mm-hmm. they lost like a ton of supervisors at the at the company not the security department the security department lost officers again so mm-hmm. the next two weeks i'm doing back-to-back double doubles which is i'm doing 17 coming home sleeping for two getting up doing 17 Coming home, sleeping for two, and then getting up and doing nine, and then finally getting the night off on Wednesday.
1: So, and then,
0: and then, you know, Thursday, Friday is my usual schedule. So yeah, that's going to be the next two weeks. It's just, it's fucking brutal because the company doesn't want to hire people and nobody wants to work for $11 an hour at my site because we do a ton of shit. We eat a lot of shit and it's not worth $11. So, I totally understand yeah. it, but at at some point, it's like, I'm going to look at my company and go, no, 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 it's mm. not my job to work doubles. It's your job to give me a staff so that I can staff and, and run your site. It's not my yeah. job to cover every mistake you make. So, oh, exactly. on the work side, it's been horrendous, but home has been good. The kids have been really good. Uh, They're on spring break. Um... My oldest daughter had some announcements that were I don't want to discra- discuss here but we're making adjustments. Nothing bad, like it's all good stuff but it's like personal stuff for her. So we're yeah. we're all adjusting to that situation which I'm happy about. So she's had a good week. Um my oldest son turned 19 like yesterday. He's going to be coming be. down he's going to be coming down next week for a visit and then we're going to do family dinner and then he's going to go spend time with his biological mom and then go back up and then we're in like the 75 day countdown to the move so things are starting to fucking yeah things are starting to pick up and then my return to streaming was good and the two streams that we did we did about 11 hours and we've had a total of like 100 people stop by 100 100 live views in two streams so it's been good like i'll admit i'm kind of struggling with like the the uh the personally made responsibility of the new rig. I'm like, "All right. Let's go." Yeah. <laughs> you got the new rig. Let's go. Make it worth their yeah. time. So, I'm <laughs> I'm adjusting to that, but like this week's going to be rough because normally I stream Monday and Tuesday. I'm not going to be to stream Monday and Tuesday. I'm probably going to have to take Wednesday, Thursday off to recover. So, I'm probably mm. going to be streaming Friday, Saturday, Sunday and then doing and then after the double double week pans out, I'll probably go back to my usual schedule of Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday off.
1: Yeah. So. Well, the good thing is, is while we're at work tomorrow, I'll be online and you can come and enjoy the yeah. the situation it's gonna to be tomorrow yeah. night. So. Yeah,
0: as long as, as long as we're not slammed, I'm definitely gonna be there because I get a good Wi Fi signal and I got unlimited data, so I'm definitely gonna yeah. pop by. And well, the good that'll, thing that'll is I'll
1: be a bit of longer. So, mm-hmm. like tonight, I'm only going to go for a couple of hours, but tomorrow I'll extend yeah. that little bit for the, the, the US people to maybe come along.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's cool. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to this week. I was looking forward to the podcast today. I know we had to kind of like last minute rejigger shit,
1: but yeah,
0: it's worth it to kind of like move stuff around because we're doing really good and. We're getting amazing feedback. So, thank you to everybody who's who's given us yeah. feedback and commented on Chris's YouTube and reached out to us on Twitter. We really appreciate it. Um Yeah,
1: it's, it's been amazing.
0: You and I have made the discussion that next week we'll be going back live so that we have, uh, speaking of which, we'll be going back live. We'll be having our first guest, UKZ Monster. He's a streamer over in England with you. But yeah. today I had three people actually message me and be like Dog, I've been waiting for the podcast to be live so we can talk about it. So there is that people are people are antsy to get back to yeah. the live show. So I'm excited for that. There's a lot of lot of good shit on the horizon. I'm excited. You've been doing well. You you've been killing it. Your first stream was was live, dude. That was I love the yeah. hell out of that. That was that was lit. Yeah, I you mean, were... don't get me
1: wrong. I, I still didn't understand the numbers and that. But yeah. apparently, it went good. <laughs> Apparently it was a good solid first stream. Yeah, game, yeah.
0: For, for for your first stream and like not having all the bells and whistles just running off a of PS5. Your numbers
1: were yeah, great, man. Exactly. Your numbers yeah, were Especially great. when the fact that the the hype for it was literally two messages in two different Discords. Yep. That was it. Yeah. So I was I was definitely happy with it. I've got to be doing it again tonight with mm-hmm. a new game and I've got a couple, I've got my mate from here. Mm-hmm. He's said that he's setting an alarm to be able to be up for it because obviously it'll be like the back of midnight here, so he'll be in his bed sleeping for work. Mm. So he's going to come along. It was actually, it was really, really fun. It's still not going to be what I'm going to be doing. Right. Like, it's it's still not a major interest. It's just more a, let's just have a laugh with friends and watch a drunk Scottish guy get scared of a game. Like, even my mum. Was uh, kind of thinking that because obviously, uh, the way the house is, my mum's room is kind of like through the wall. Yeah, and because I use headphones, she <laughs> can't hear anything but me screaming. So it's just a constant, like she'll, it'll just be wee moments with me getting a jump scare, and she said that she was just killing herself constantly all night. So I've I've let her know about tonight and tomorrow, so she's
0: that's great and
1: waiting for our our, our, our enjoyment
0: (laughs) yeah dude that that was great i was was, like you were killing it dude you've got there's something and and you were talking about it there's something in in the way that when you react your accent makes it like really funny because (laughs) a lot of people over here aren't used to hearing a scottish guy go ah, I shot myself, you know. It's like <laughs> yeah. so. I, I think the, I think the, I think the, the nature of you being you, and you just being naturally like reactive and and uh, yeah. outbursty. I think I think it really works. And you just like you said, you're not like. It's not a professional thing for you. It's just bullshit. Hang out with your friends and be scared. Like,
1: yeah, exactly. That's that's pretty much what is to me. So. That's good,
0: man. That was great. So yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm not looking forward to work the next two weeks, but I'm looking forward to to streaming more and and really working on the podcast. We were talking off off-screen about how we got some ideas for like branding and some logo yeah. ideas that we're going to be working on. So th- I'm I'm looking forward to how the listeners and the viewers on the podcast go for that. So I think we're I think we're one? moving in the right direction like as a oh, sure, as, a, as sure. a brand and and you and I seem to get better each week. Our chemistry is just getting better and better, so I'm yeah. really looking forward to that.
1: But what are you drinking in bud? Um well I'm drinking. I've I've went a little when I say basic, I don't mean Budweiser basic. Right. Like it's still a thing, but I found this is while I was down south. It was one of the ones I picked up last week. Mm-hmm. And is from a brewery called Skinner's Brewery down in uh where is it? Truro? Okay. Um, but it's a brazen Cornish bitter called Betty Stoggs, which is quite a nice little.
0: Oh, nice little. like
1: a lively lady. Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> all right?
1: And that's what it says. It says in Cornish folklore, Betty Stoggs was reputedly full bodied, golden hearted, and just a little fruity. So, and to be honest, it's actually, again, it just, it, it has that kinda of, it's just a craft beer right.
0: kind of thing. Right. But
1: you can you can get the smell of the fruit and it's like see that in a lot of beers when you go you can get the, the hops and stuff. This one, as soon as you put it to your mouth, the, the smell of the fruit just mm-hmm. sort of lingers in the air. As if you like the only way to describe it is, is as if your nose is being kissed by a hundred strawberries.
0: Wow. <laughs> you are so fucking i can't even you're so what's the word uh you what what, oh yeah well descriptive but i was trying to put an american spin on it if you've ever watched blazing saddles it's a movie made in the 60s and 70s by mel brooks and the one henchman's like gosh mr lamar your mouth is prettier than a two (laughs) dollar whore When you said that, I was like, that scene popped into my head.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, you, you don't know who Betty Stoggs was, but, yeah, no, it's, it's, just, it's got a nice, fruity kind of mm-hmm. subtleness to it. Um, but it does, it, you, you can tell it, is, it's a bitter, it has got that bitter, hits mm. you at the back of the tongue kind of thing. Right. But it's not a, it isn't an off-putting. Right. It, it's just that kind of, it just seems to hit you a different way. Yeah. Like from a normal kind of ale. Right. Um, But no, it is. It's actually quite an enjoyable. It hits around the kind of, like, I got this for, uh, it was like four bottles for £6. That's not bad. I've got the links to the thing, which will be in all the descriptions to the actual brewery and stuff. Um, So you're you're talking, I think, I think on its own, it was around the £2 mark. Uh, which seems to be the kind of average for beers in the UK. Yeah. But it's it's a it's a definite one that I would say give it a go if you can, if you can find it, if you can get it delivered to wherever you are. Um, give it a go because it just has I mean, I love the label. The label is yeah, such as it. good. It's a bottle that'll be definitely be going into my it's a I've got a collection mm-hmm. up there. It's just like cans and bottles that have nice logos and labels mm-hmm. on it that I just keep as little keepsakes of yeah. times where I was happy. <laughs> um, My happiness so, itself. Yeah, no, exactly. That's what it is. It's just a shelf of happiness where <laughs> you can look up and go, oh, remember the days when I wasn't miserable. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it's, it, it's, it's, it's a nice, it's a nice beer, and I would highly recommend. It's not the best one I've had, but I mean, you, I tweeted out about it. That's like, that's a new level of this mm-hmm. kind of beer. Is that I tweeted the actual brewery and said, "You've got a winner." So
0: did you do that today? I haven't been on Twitter much, so
1: yeah, no, I, I tweeted it maybe thirty minutes ago before we started recording okay. because uh, obviously to, we try it. So yeah,
0: I'll have to, um, I'll have to retweet that after the show.
1: But yeah, no, it's it's a nice, it's a nice beer. Nice. What about yourself? What are you drinking?
0: Uh, i i I saw this because I was attracted to the label. It's called uh, Shiner's Strawberry Blonde from Poteet, Texas. Yeah.
1: Strawberry it, blonde, so it's ginger.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they didn't want to say ginger because nobody would drink it <laughs> if it was a ginger. Uh,
1: but uh, that's it's that's ma- that's they
0: that. they got this flowery spiel on the back about how it's like. On the table, pump tea strawberries. And I'm like, come on, man. I'm like, really, could you get any more country than the way they wrote this? It's like, it says strawberry blonde is backed by popular demand. Summer brewed with the best, the best of what China, Texas has to offer. Strawberries from pump tea. I'm like, oh God, can you be any more Texas? Wow. Could you wow, be wow. anywhere in Texas?
1: And, uh, is that, is that something? <laughs> I've
0: been sipping on it. It's not bad. Like, I like it. Yeah. I mean, it's like yours, it's got that um it's got that strawberry scent in the beginning, and it's got uh it's got the hops in the back, but it's not as mm-hmm. it's not as strong as I thought it was gonna be. It's very right. like it's not boring, like Outboard was God, I'm begging on outboard yeah. again. <laughs>
1: it's just your go-to thing. I date with the it's English good... you date with it.
0: It's a good outboard's a good beer. It's just boring as shit. But uh it's it's not boring, and it's not like it it doesn't it doesn't hit you with like strawberry or hops. It's just sort of yeah. like it's sort of smooth and mellow throughout, which is nice. It's just a nice drinking like seasonal strawberry potent Texas beer. Barbecues and strawberries, let's go, son! Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, this one doesn't quite have that. I mean, this one it technically does say that it's a grapefruit, but Mm. I definitely get a sort of a berry flavor as opposed to a grapefruit. But yeah, I mean, I mean, it does say that you have to eat it or drink it with stews, hard cheeses, and meat packed pasties. Mm. So, speaking my language there, so. It's definitely, I could see that. I could see you having a stew. Like, do you know what would actually be quite nice is making a, a, a stew and using this as the sort of stock. Yeah, yeah. Like, see, doing that kind of thing. Like, that, I think that would be nice. Like, a, a good, like, a steak nail pie. Yeah. Like, I think, do you know what? I think I've got my dinner for next week sorted. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what we've discovered that I'm having next week.
0: <laughs> yeah, Uh, mine, six pack, about eight, nine bucks. This is where my price point usually is. I'm yeah. I'm I'm one of those guys. I'm like I'm not paying five dollars for no pack of beer, but I'll pay a tenner on it, bitch. <laughs> but yeah, it's good. I don't mind it. Like uh, it's it's definitely a summer beer for sure. I mean, yeah. I like I know like it won't show up on camera well, well but the labeling is like really cool. It's got a oh, sort it's of that old English. It's got sort of that old English lettering vibe to it. Yeah, but yeah, it's good. I like it as always as chris and i say if you're gonna join us for a drink make sure you are of age to do so in your region and do not drink and drive and please drink responsibly that keeps the lawyers at bay so other than that man it's good shit so we're gonna bounce we got a we got a big main topic today because to be honest i was struggling i'm like "Ah, i got nothing and then you were like let's talk about this and i'm like yes so yeah for those of you that don't get a chance to view the podcast. We are talking about foodie bullshit. We're talking about food. We're talking about everything about food. We're talking about recipes and what we like to do. And we're going to talk about like our thoughts on like farming and hunting and shit like that. We're just going to have a big old food discussion. And then we'll wrap it up with the happy ending. Cause there's some pretty cool articles this week for, I mean, we always yeah. have really cool articles for happy ending, but I'm, you know what I noticed about the happy ending? I am. I am kind of a a, a tree hugger. Like most of my happy endings are like nature or environment based.
1: And I'm like, save the nature in all my happy endings. I think that's what, because I kind of got that with looking at the the, the document I was at. Oh, this is another, like, let's better the world environmentally from Mm -hmm. you. And then I looked at mine and I was at, I've just went with another, Let's feel good about ourselves yeah. and look at the amazingness of our <laughs> our life. <laughs> yeah. Which is exactly what we want to be doing. It's like that's the point of it. Is mm-hmm. it uh, Hell's Phoenix, uh, or Nicky DeCaster, kinda put it that Shout way? Shout out to I'm our girl on YouTube again is um it's 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 a way of reminding people mm-hmm. that the world isn't all shit, like there is great things that are happening around you. You yep. just have to dig that little bit because nobody remembers good. You only remember bad. Yeah, Badness sells. So if we can bring that little moment of happiness to your day and we're doing what we want to do. We're doing our job.
0: Yeah, exactly. And like the whole, like I noticed that too in the happy endings, like half of my happy endings are like, Animals or nature and you look at me like I'm tattooed and gray bearded, long haired, and I'm like, I don't look like your typical like tree hugger, like environmentalist. <laughs> but like, dude, I grew up a a big portion of my life in northern Michigan in the woods, hunting deer, fishing, riding around on four-wheelers in the in the tall trees, you know, running from bears and cougars and shit. So, like <laughs> the environment to me is something really, really like important. And like when I see cool articles. I got to highlight it because I love animals and I love nature in general. And then, like, I, I noticed, like, I'm, I'm two things in a happy ending, nature and science, like, nature and science are like my two, like, yes, let's go. I'm like, I'm like yeah. the nature scientist nerd kid who's like, comic books are dope, too. So, yeah. But for those of you that are listening, we're talking about foodie bullshit because, Chris, your food, uh, your food history. Why don't you let him in on uh, a little bit of what you what your food your foodiness is about
1: got uh, a my foodiness is that i am a trained professional chef like oh, yeah. i lived and studied catering for god oh i hate when i do this because i start thinking back to when i started and that and then i go fuck that was a long time ago fuck i'm old oh that is depressing imagine i'm just an old man like no, like i hate going down memory self. lane but i started doing uh studying cooking like as a, 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 a college kind of thing when i was 14 mm. um because we in our uh, education system, um we go into like the, the high school, secondary school as we say it, when you're about twelve. And then you can go into college and university when you're around sixteen unless yeah. you want to continue in and, and get like further education within like high school, you can do like the six year thing. Mm-hmm. Um but There's a programme within a lot of high schools called a vocational programme where one day a week you go and do a class at college and get like a college level kind of thing. Mm. So when I was 14, I started doing a a, a college course like one day a week from high school um, in catering. And it just, my passion for it just went from there. Mm. And the the sad thing about it is I'd done 10, 12 years yeah, studying, getting qualifications, getting like bachelor's degree in food technology, like, like I went fucking high, yeah. kind of thing. And then when I finally went to go and get my first job in a restaurant, they went, "We can't take you because yes, you've got all these qualifications, but you have zero experience working in a, a public setting." Oh,
0: I hate that. I and as soon that.
1: as that happened, my passion and motivation for the work just went south and that's where I started kind of thinking about different jobs working in warehouses, working in office, and then I finally found the delivery driver mm-hmm. kind of logistic thing, which I've been in for the last 12 years myself. Right. So the the foods became a it's a math thing. It's a it's a I'll share it with my family, I'll share it with my friends. It's those people that get to have it. Because like I had my own, like I had a catering business um, I had a cake baking business. I used uh, to like. I, I I do a lot, or I used to do a lot of like cake designs, like see like your ace of cakes and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff, like the professionally made ones. Um, I used to do all that kind of stuff, but just sort of fell away from it on a professional level. Right. Um, so now it's just all private, all about fun. Um, if I, on a Saturday. Or a Sunday, like the last couple of Sundays, I've just went. I'm going to make a big roast dinner. Yeah. Like, and I make far too much food. Like, I'm making big, massive four kilogram joints, and yeah. I'm like, there's three people in this house. Like, <laughs> like it's food for days, and yeah, I know, would not good. change it. I would not change it.
0: So you you made you made a comment in there that I wanted that I wanted to make a comment on before we dive into my foodie history. Doesn't it suck? that you go through all that training, you have this passion, and someone goes, you got the skills, but we can't use you, because you ain't got no experience. How the fuck are
1: you going to get experience? I think that's uh, it. Like, at the time, it kind of hit that little bit. It hit in the soul, because it was a case of, I was going to college five days a week. I was there nine hours a day. I was slogging it out. I was doing the dishwashing. I was doing this. I was doing that. You were learning everything. Like, because you learn in the course that I was doing, you learned everything. Like, you learned the management signs. You learned the. The theory side, like you would design menus, you would design, you'd experiment food recipes, oh make yeah. and create. But then you would also go on to the side of like I have myself a service certificates. Nice that means I can go and work in like as uh, a, a maitre D and a, a waiter and stuff like that in top restaurants. Um, I can. I've I've got my uh, restaurant management. I've got hotel management mm. uh, certificates and that because what they done is you would learn the whole industry as opposed to one section. Yeah, it was like catering and hospitality was the name of the course. So you would learn everything so that no matter what field, because in Scotland anyway, when they're designing courses, they have the understanding that see what you decide you want to do when you're 12 nine times out of 10 is not going to be what you want to do when you're 20. And it's not going to be what you want to do when you're 25, 30, 40. So the way it kind of works is you get a dab into everything. Mm. And then that's where you can stem of, well, I want to be in cooking, but I always wanted to be in a restaurant. But now I've started, I've learned about the hotel cooking. Right, That's more where my passion is. You start drawing more down that route. And it's it's more of a they see it as a they know you're not gonna you're not gonna know twelve year olds are not gonna know what they want to be when they're older they want to be astronauts ballet dancers football players musicians mm. actors celebrities famous that's what it is so it, here they kind of do it that you you dabble in everything in that situation and then that's where you kind of go oh, do you know what I actually excel more at this right. and. As much as when they told me I couldn't get into the work because I didn't have the experience. Like, back then, it was a a bad, it hit me hard. Like, it just made me lose my passion in that. But thinking back on it now, my passion is a lot more in the work that I'm in now. Right. So, in a weird way, it's like I don't have the regret of not staying or fighting to be in that line of work because I still get to enjoy it. But in a a non-pressure situation, like, I just get to enjoy cooking. I get to enjoy experimenting. I get to enjoy trying new things, seeing different things. Just, it's a a better experience for somebody that's passionate, just more about food than, like, cooking food. Like, I get to make and create amazing things for, like, my family and friends. So I still get my passion in. I just get paid to do something else as well. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's fair. Um, yeah. I I would I would say that I wish over here they had sort of that like you like you described like 'cause because we don't have that in like junior high and high school they don't they don't have like that hospitality suite or whatever. It's yeah. just like oh get your basic courses in, pass your tests, and then when you go to college, figure it out. It's like no 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 no. Give, give yeah. me that. I, I really wish I would have had what that that hospitality suite or that bundle of, of additional education, yeah. because maybe I would have been able to find like. This maybe like I'm 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 really passionate about entertaining and streaming and telling stories like. I didn't know fuck all of what I wanted to do in high school, I was like, ah, I don't know. And then I. I bounced out of high school, entered the workforce doing security. And I've been doing security for fucking 15 years. And in that 15 years, I've did martial arts schools and wrote stuff. So I've done, I've done a lot of different stuff. Um, but before I, before I went to security, I did do some, um, I'm a self-taught, I'm a self-taught chef, uh, from my mom and my uncles, I would be in the kitchen and, watching them cook yeah. and, and whatnot. And then when I got to be where adult, you
1: real cooking, right. let's be real. It's yeah. where you learn the real stuff. Yeah. the, the and this, daily life cooking.
0: Yeah. And then when, uh, <laughs> when I got, when I got kicked out of my house, I was like, fuck, I got to feed myself. So I put that experience to the, to the test. I bounced around. I lived with, I lived with hell's Phoenix and her husband, uh, for a while. And we did a catering job for a political function where it was me and, uh, on on Twitch, his name is Mr. Vaculum, but uh, his real name is Brian. He's, like, my best friend of all times. So, Hales Phoenix got this catering job for this political function, and she looked at me and Brian, and she's like, okay, I'm going to buy food. You two are going to make it, and it's for 400 people. And I'm like, what? And Brian goes, what? And she goes, I love you both. Make it happen. And we went, okay. And that's one of the funnest experiences I've ever had, because, like it was a totally vegan event, and the kitchen area where we're prepping all this food was off the side of this banquet hall, so Brian yeah. and I are just fucking whipping shit at each other and throwing knives around the kitchen, doing our best like Swedish chef impressions, and the food's coming out and then after after that, I bounced around, I worked in a pizzeria for a while, I did fast food and in that scenario, I, I didn't like doing it. I don't like cooking for a lot of people. I just like, yeah. I like styling and showing off for the people upstairs. Like whenever we have yeah. somebody come over to the house, Bernadette's like, what are you going to show off this time? And I'm like, I don't know. I haven't gone to the store yet. And I'll come back with shit. She's like, what is that for? I'm like, I don't know yet, but I'm going to put it together. And nine yeah. times out of 10, it's Phenomenal. Because outside of learning from my parents and my aunts and uncles and growing up in Michigan and, and learning how to cook like wild game from them, honest to the gods, my culinary training comes from PBS cooking shows like the Frugal Gourmet, Julia Childs, um, Ming Tsai, the Asian cuisine, Justin Wilson, the Cajun uh, cook. These were all shows that I watched on PBS, the public broadcasting system. And I watched these guys, these big characters, before the Food Network teach me how to do cooking. And then when I became a teenager, I learned a lot from my shit you not, the Japanese version of Iron Fucking Chef. (laughs) I watched that show religiously. I learned so much about cooking and ingredients from that show. Predominantly, mostly Asian like fucking inspired shit. I would imagine. (laughs) (laughs) But... I I cannot tell you how much I learned from that. And then when Food Network came around, I started watching Food Network and I would experiment and stuff like that. So, I'm primarily a self-taught cook. I don't call myself a chef. I used to work in kitchens where I I, I I'm, you know, technically would have been qualified as a chef or a sous chef, but I'm I'm yeah. like I'm like that backyard cook. I'm like that backyard chef. Throw it on a, throw it on the grill. Let's go. And uh one of my one of my expertise in uh in cooking and when you come next year when COVID's wrapped up, um, we're gonna get some wild game. We're gonna throw down on some elk heart. We're gonna throw down on some buffalo ribs. We're gonna throw down on some venison back. Uh I wanna get a rabbit and I wanna do I wanna I wanna part out a rabbit and we'll do uh like a braised uh a braised uh a red wine rabbit. Yeah buddy we're gonna go. We're gonna go.
1: Um yeah you you're kinda lucky that over the last week or so I've sort of stemmed away from my vegan diet, then. Otherwise, you would have been fucked.
0: (laughs) No, no, no. The smell would hit your nose, and I'd be like, "I can take a break."
1: You have to remember, I'm in Scotland, where we have that kind of stuff, and I still veered off. So,
0: everybody, I'm I'm Scottish.
1: I'm stubborn. Everybody makes mistakes.
0: Everybody makes mistakes. It's okay. I won't hold it against you.
1: (laughs) But. no, yeah, like it, it does say that, and you were talking when you'd mentioned that your first kind of job and that kind of side was doing the political. So my funny start off story in that sense is my first, like once I'd done that and I'd kind of left the sort of the passion behind, I did sort of dabble in my own catering business, mm-hmm. getting the odd job. And my first job was for my friend's grand's funeral. Oh no! When I was doing the catering for the kind of the, the after kind of meal where you would go back and have like finger food and just mm. everybody would be sad and stuff like that. I was so nervous and being Scottish, you know where this has gone. Oh yeah. Um, when they came back, I'd made the food and all that kind of stuff, everything was nice. Uh, I'd made like cakes and that, just nice little finger food. Uh, and my my friend at the time was like, right, "Oh yeah, like he, thanks very much." Because at this point, I'd catered for like fifty people, mm. but I wasn't going to take money because it was my my oh, best yeah. friend. It was his guy's view. was like, "No, no, no, we'll give you a couple of pound and that." Uh, uh, and he was like, right, "Well, here's a, a drink, have a beer, led to a beer, led to another beer, led to me making out with his cousin in his bedroom." Nice. Uh, Led to another beer, led to another beer, led to me saying the worst phrase you oh, could man. possibly do. You know, we're all in the living room. The the kind of the drinks have been flowing. Everybody's starting to kind of calm down. We're all sharing the stories, fear right. about his gran and everything. we're all having a laugh. And somebody was like, oh, they taking some of the food. They're like, oh, this is really, really good. So it's it's, it's such a nice. Because at that point, I was being a bit more the kind of life of the party. We're having a laugh. I'm making the jokes. I'm firing everything off. Right. I'm kind of making jokes about myself, as I always do. And they were like, oh, saw it's, it's, it's such a, you, you don't expect to have this sort of, like, it's a funeral or not. And I literally said, that's because I put the fun in funeral. Oh, silent. No! And it was just, it was one of the awkward moments of, ah. Oh, fuck, I really should have said something like that a funeral. Like, they're not supposed to be fun. <laughs> you cocked so,
0: it up. You cocked it up.
1: <laughs> that was that was my first flurry into in the catering side of what, the world, was saying that, like, and it was like the way, like, you're saying, I should put that in my flyers. I put the fun in funeral. <laughs> yeah. Do you need one catered? <laughs> If won- your loved family
0: member died, I'll make it a party. Don't worry, I won't fucking cousin. I'll just make out with her in the in the bedroom.
1: Ah, I have respect
0: for him, <laughs> right? I'll, just, I'll, I'll be respectful.
1: I'll just make out with her
0: or him, whatever. And
1: I do. I, I will say, she came on to me. It's all her fault, like, then. It's all her fault. Like you saw the yes, guilt and couldn't resist. She was upset that her grandmother had passed away and stuff like that, and Barely I probably not that shouldn't. Upset. But like at the end of the day. She came on to me. I wasn't gonna say no. One thing led to another, so and we just had a cheeky it was breakfast. Probably a good day <laughs> for you. Oh, well, yeah, for me, it was a great day.
0: Everybody else is like, Oh, Grand, and you're like, Ah, <laughs> wow.
1: so, yeah. I, I mean, I will say that I stopped getting drunk at work after <laughs> that.
0: So that's good. I
1: started doing actual catering and, and being sober and not making out with everybody at the party. So I'd like to say that I grew that day <laughs> as a person. Your maturity <laughs> grew
0: three sizes
1: bigger. Exactly. Uh, like I wait till after the party you know, to do what I was doing. <laughs> yeah, speaking of that, uh, I, I worked as a
0: bartender and a bouncer, so I did sling pub food for a while, too, because a lot of the bars I worked at were like bars that had grills, so like... Throwing down on chicken wings or like burgers and shit that that yeah. one, that's my jam. So like, but if you were to talk about specialties in, in, like your your sort of cuisine, like where what's like you have an overall general skill set, but where's your like where's your bag? Like what's what's your bag when it comes to cooking?
1: Well, when I was at college and, and stuff like that, I focused more on desserts, like mm. see like pastry chef and I, like. <sighs> I'm going to have to say something that's going to make everybody laugh. And people are going to go, what did they say? Did they actually say that? The title that I have is that I'm a master baker.
0: Now I'm taking a drink, Dick.
1: I'm a baker of the master variety. So, I have mastered the art of baking. So, So you know how to cream that sugar. Yeah, I know how to cream the pastry quite well. So sometimes I can master bake in my, my, my sleep. Sometimes I'll just master bake on a Wednesday. If I'm feeling that little bit, I want to have a wee sneaky little dessert. Sometimes I'll be wake up in the middle of the night and go, I could go for a good master baking right now.
0: <laughs> just don't cleanse the donuts. You'll be all
1: right. But the original glazed donuts are the best.
0: <laughs> like you
1: don't become a proper master baker if you're not glazing those donuts.
0: Somehow, like, how can
1: you call yourself a professional <laughs> master baker if, if those donuts are not glazed?
0: At some point we need to put the porn hub music in the background. <laughs> <laughs> so so you are the master baker. That's your
1: bag, huh? Yes. That's my bag. I mean in uh a savory style, uh through college, I focused mm-hmm. more on Italian cuisine, like okay. pastas and stuff like that. Um, where my first sort of kitchen job, I worked at a Chinese restaurant. Nice. So I learned the kind the Chinese cuisine, Hong okay. Kong cuisine. So There's that's more where out. my bag is. Is there- those three, but the desserts in Italian, I would say, like I make, I make a mean fucking carbonara. Like get carbonara. None of your shitty stuff. Like, oh, let's put this in and this in. No, you don't need that in carbonara. You need five ingredients. That's it.
0: Really? And what what, are, they? what are
1: they? What are they? Well, I can't kind of remember them really. Oh. But it's like you you want your pasta, your parmesan, your eggs.
0: What? Okay, go go because I I I have a I have a I have a counter to the parmesan, but go on. What's, no, what's your
1: your counter here, Parmesan?
0: The I've been watching. I've I binge a lot of YouTube in my off time, and I've been watching this. Right, guy.
1: You've watched it, there. No, you no, 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 no. No, listen,
0: listen, listen, listen. no, no. There's this guy. There's this channel called Vincenzo's Plate. He's
1: yes, a, he's a, you you know it. You know, I know it because he worked alongside Jamie Oliver. That does they have a fucking clue? Either. Yeah, Jamie
0: Oliver's a fucking shitbag. I can't stand him. But the guy, I watched him review carbonara videos, and every time. There's a carbonara video. He goes, "You
1: don't use parmesan. You use uh, pecorino." See, that's the thing. Is it depends on what carbonara you're making, like what area of Italy you make your carbonara? The Sicilian carbonara is made with pecorino, is yeah, what he says.
0: It. I I don't know. I'm not an expert.
1: See, I, I'm I i could not tell you that. I just know that parmesan is like the better. Like that's what I prefer.
0: Right, the re the re his reasoning is the that the pecorino is made with sheep's milk, so it's a little bit more salty, a little bit more rich. Where which Palmer- mean, which you mean milk? Sheep, sheep. It's made with sheep's milk. Where parmesan apparently comes from cows.
1: Well, uh, oh yeah, you're talking about the cheese. Right? Yeah, oh, the cheese. cheese. Okay, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: I was wondering there. I thought you were just about to say that you put milk in your carbonara fuck no i know that you don't put no
0: carbonara.
1: you don't put milk in no carbonara no i was gonna i was like I, we were gonna have a throwdown down there like i was i was just about to start <laughs> jumping like, on a plane yeah jumping on a plane getting a ladder coming across <laughs> and just it's a, like the only thing i would say that i had in which some italians would be a bit like oh my fucking god how dare you is i put in double cream You do? But it's only like 60 mil. Okay. Um, But it's the likes of... The way I do it is I get my pancetta, Mm. cube it up so it's nice and You don't use guanciale? No, pancetta. Pancetta's got the smoky and the fat, and you want that fat because that's what's going to start flavoring and stuff. Because what you want to do is you want to... uh, Put your pancetta in and cook it, but you want it to stick to the bottom of the pan. Okay. Not burn, but stick to the bottom yeah. of the pan so that you get that stuff. Take the pancetta out. You get your dry vermon, vermouth or your dry white wine. You
0: add vermouth, huh?
1: Yeah. Or wine or vermouth, whatever you kind of thing is. Mm-hmm. You not know that much. It's, like just, it's to deglaze the bottom. Right. And get the pancetta that's stuck to the bottom off. Yeah, so it again. you get you get the fond or
0: whatever it's called.
1: Exactly. So you do that, and then in another little bowl, you'd make up your eggs, your parmesan, in your uh, double cream, mm. with your black pepper and all those kind of like little bits and pieces that you put in just you, for the the shits do you, and giggles. Do you
0: roast like the black pepper first, or do you like do you like pan uh, roast it first, or no?
1: No, I just get it. You can get pan roasted black pepper or pan roasted crackback pepper here as a just a, a thing you can pick up for the supermarket. It's already been done. Okay. Um. So I pick up that. I would sometimes go with nutmeg if they have it in stock. If okay. not, I don't blame it. It's just it's one of those ones that's not necessarily Italian, but it gives that nice little nuttiness.
0: Yeah, it gives you a little something.
1: Yeah, and then you make your your pasta. But this is where I, I think it is. I make a shit ton of pasta. I make like 500 grams of pasta. Yeah,
0: that's, boil that's it in what a pot.
1: I take your half cup of pasta water out, drain it, fire it in. Put your mixture in with your carbonara. Not on the heat. Don't put heat yeah, because no, you'll just God, cut no. your eggs. Yeah. Mix it up. Little bit of your pasta water again to coat it. Don't serve it. No. Grab four forks. Put them in the pan. Put it on the middle of the table. And you just fucking family time that shit. nuts nice. It's one pot and a bowl you've used. That's it. Nice, nice, and nice. That's a, I mean, it's it's more, it, like, I say family time. It's more lover's carbonara because it's supposed to be for two people. You eat it out. you did, the lady in the tramp, that shit kind of thing.
0: <laughs> you lady in the tramp, I feel you. Yeah. It's,
1: I, nice. just that's a In bed, in the middle of you, just nice. Heat for the pot, heat from the room. Keep that fire burning. Pot goes you. to the side. Heat keeps on coming. I got you. I feel you. I feel you on that. No, so, comment- that's the point of cooking. An Italian cooking is that you share it with the people you love, or that one special person that you love that one night. Isn't that one night?
0: <laughs> Isn't that all food though? Isn't that the goal of all food, in my opinion, like just to share? It oh, definitely. The like,
1: like food, and you're supposed to like. I'll share if I make enough. Like I'm no somebody that oh I've made this for myself, why don't you have some of it? No, fuck off, that's my food. You want this, make it your fucking self. Right. If I've made you some, I've made you extra. Right. But I ain't about sharing mash it. But <laughs> like in those kind of things, like if, if if the situation arises that you're supposed to be sharing, mm. that's different. Right. So But yeah, no, I totally agree that you're supposed to, for me, the point of food is you're supposed to have fun. You're supposed to enjoy it. You're supposed to like what you're making. Like, don't make stuff that you know you don't like. Like, this whole, I hate when people turn around, I don't like that. Which, have you tried it? No. Right. You will sit down, and I will fucking force this in your face.
0: Yeah, my middle, my middle unless son it's a like dietary
1: that. thing. Like, mm-hmm. if it's a dietary thing, I can understand that. But I hate when people say they don't like something when they've never tried it. Like, if you if you physically don't want to do it for other reasons, that's fair enough. But you can't say you don't like it because you've never tried it. Right. Um. So I wouldn't say go and make stuff that you've tried and you don't like because well, you don't like it. There's the point in that? But you're supposed to just enjoy it, have fun. It's supposed to be a great experience. Like you do it like it's how you sustain your life. Apart from air. But yeah. like let's have fun with it. Just experiment that wee bit. Push the boat out. Make 500 grams of pasta for two people. Yeah, that, that's, a, <laughs> that's,
0: that's a great point that you bring up that food should be fun. And a mm-hmm. lot of times and uh, to not take a downturn in the conversation, but a lot of times, especially like when you're in a lower income bracket, you don't have the luxury of having
1: fun with your food. Like, you you eat to survive. That's the thing is, I was never in the higher end of right. Like, we were in like no one to get too personal, but like we hit what bottom as right. a family like years ago. In that, like we had to move to different houses and stuff like that. When like my mom took out and she had to give up her job. Uh, My dad lost, like, he's self-employed, so work was never guaranteed. There was times where he got messed around professionally and stuff Mm -hmm. that we never really had, like... But we understood the value, and my parents made it more of their prerogative that the little things that they could give us were made... like, Like, we used to have, like, our idea, like, me, my brother, and my sister... See, on a Sunday, our idea of fun, to other people it might sound weird, but our idea of fun was my parents would take us to a garden centre and we would run around the garden centre trying to make sure that my parents couldn't see us. We were hiding from them Mm -hmm. as if we were in the jungle. Yeah. That was our way of family time, Mm -hmm. was going to a shop. Because my parents couldn't afford to take us to theme parks. They couldn't afford us to take us here, there that cost money. So our family time was made of spending time with the family. Yeah. So, and it was the same with food is that we never had the luxury. of like. It used to be like once every now and again, we'd go out to a restaurant for something to eat. Mm. Everything else was in the house. And my mum would make us a dinner. And even to the point where she had three kids plus my dad, And she would literally sit there and make three different meals every night because I liked something, my sister liked something else and my brother liked something else. Three meals a day. And that was where I kind of got into the cooking side was watching my mum cook Mm -hmm. because my mum wasn't a... Like, even when my mum worked full-time and my dad worked full-time, my mum still found the time to make home-cooked meals. Like, she would make that big pot of soup that done us three days she would make the stew she would make the stovies she would make the mince and tatties like that was what she done and that's what we seen growing up because my mum always made it a thing of like especially for me and my brother was that when we grew up we shouldn't be the the old style thing where the man relies on the woman to cook Yep. My mum made sure when we were brought up that we knew how to cook, we knew how to put on washings, we knew how to take care of ourselves. We didn't have to rely on the nineteen fifties style that the woman does all the housework and the man just goes to work. Like we were brought up under the 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 normalcy that everything is 50-50. Yep. That's how it works. Um so that's where I kind of learned more of the, the kind of beginnings of cooking was learning how to make like the big pots of spaghetti, because back then it was a case of we maybe had a fiver for dinner, yep. so my mum would have to make enough food for five people for that money. And she, like, like see, thinking back now, like I know costs back in the nineties and that were different and they lower. But see, trying to think back now and going, the money that my mum and dad were bringing in and the meals that they were like every Saturday we used to have a thing we called it the picnic. Mm-hmm. Basically, it was a buffet on a Saturday night. My mum would be, uh, you'd have your pizza, you'd have your super noodles, you'd have these, uh, like, uh, chicken wings, sausage rolls and stuff like that. It was just we finger food. Yeah. But the point of it is, it'd be a Saturday night, 7 o'clock, we'd have our picnic, we would watch the likes of Mr Bean, Blind Date, Family yes. Fox, and the, the game shows, and that was your Saturday night. And, like, it was funny because those nights got so... Our friends started asking if they could come to dinner at our house to have the picnic and watch the TV thing, and it was the same on a Sunday night. A Sunday night, there used to be like, see, like the ice cream trucks. Uh Yeah, we over here we have it's it's basically those vans, but it's like grocery stores.
0: Oh, that they would
1: just sell like kind of like like your your local produce, like veg and stuff like that, the odd tins and that kind of stuff, but. On a Sunday night, my dad... We would come in to get our bath for school the next the Monday and stuff. Right. Uh, so at eight o'clock, he would come in and get your bath in that. Nine o'clock, my dad would go down to the street where the van would come and he would buy a chocolate fudge cake. Nice! And the five years would sit up with the chocolate fudge cake, watching Mr Bean and that, and then go to our bed. And again... That was where that was fun. That was where we were enjoying ourselves because it was family time. It didn't cost a lot of money, no. but it was enjoyable. And it just slowly thing me, mean, I'd go on for there. Because even now, we still have those sort of nights where mm-hmm. it's like we just put out a couple of bits of food, like Christmas as well. You have your big Christmas dinner, but the fun part is in the evening when. Uh, my brother and sister in law come up. My sister and brother in law come up. We put out the kind of the cheese board with the odd little bits charcuterie, and yeah, and then play board games, mm-hmm. and that's how Christmas usually goes. Same way at New Year, hard money uh, right. and stuff, and that. Uh, so, as much as I can understand that, in some instances, I, I, like money and poverty does play a major role in that side, but in growing up in sort of that situation, like, we weren't poor, we weren't, like... Right, we weren't like, destitute. But, yeah, like, it wasn't, like, we were homeless and stuff, right. like, we were, like, bills and all were still, but it was just, we were at the lower, like, we were we working were class. Yeah, so it was, like, my parents made the best of every situation, and that went on to us, because I, like, even though we didn't have everything we always got what we asked for it might have not been right then Mm. if we asked for a toy it was always uh, maybe later when christmas came around that toy was there right they might have not like like that was the other thing that we always wondered is how my mum and dad were able to get the christmases that we had like with the fact that my mum was ill and couldn't work, so it was my dad's wage that was coming in, he was able to pay all the bills of the house plus get a Christmas for three children. Yeah. And, like, even to this day, like, as much as we were in, like, the lower levels of the kind of food chain of poverty and riches and that, my childhood was absolutely fantastic. I would never change the childhood that I had, even though we, I couldn't get every new console, I couldn't get every new PlayStation game that came out, I couldn't get every new football shirt what I did get was lessons in how to live lessons in how family and friends are important and lessons on the value of the sentimental things, like the little things that people forget add to your life because it's those little things that make life what it is, it's like you never ever see me posted up about anything else. But if I get a really great view at work, I post that up in Twitter. Right. Because it's just, it's a stunning thing for me to be sitting there going, I get to see this. Yeah. And I want to share it. Like, that's like such a small aspect of life here. because It's all around. But it's a small thing that to me is just like, it's a great part of my life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because I would be lost without that like if I was living in like a city where like London where you never got that I would struggle because I don't want that, I want to see that and it's the same way like uh, the other day I had, like, or not even today my nephew, he's almost two and we, we literally spend whenever he comes up, 20 minutes and he'll run from the couch to the living room door and bang the door and then I'll run after him and he'll like run and pass me and I'll run and bang the door and he'll bang the couch and then we'll run past each other and bang them again then we'll run past each other and he'll just for 15 20 minutes back and forth we'll do that and yeah. then another one is that he'll run up to me and I'll lift him up he'll I'll take him to the light switch he'll turn the light on I put him down he runs across the room stamps his feet runs back to get picked up to turn the light off to go back down run the room stamp his feet come back and we'll sit there for 30 minutes and it's like i would never change that like to everybody else that's just like what the fuck but it's those little moments that make me go i am so fucking happy where i am in my life Mm -hmm. that i know you might not have the money for but it's like a child doesn't need the PlayStation right. every week. The child no. doesn't need... Like, the child wants you to run around a house for half an hour. That's it. That's what a child needs, to have fun and enjoy yourself. Yeah. So, you... like, <laughs> like... Like, like... as much as I agree that, you, you get yeah. them this great toy and they play with the box. Exactly. That's how it is. And, like, as I, as, I agree with the, the fact that money can play a major role in that aspect of life, mm-hmm. but at the same time, if your priority is that you need to have that amount of money, there's something that you're doing wrong because again, I'm not saying that people that are in really really bad financial like homelessness and that that that's a different like it's hard to find the joys in the little things yeah. when that's your situation, but if you've got a roof over your head, you've got family around you. You shouldn't be focused on, oh, I need to have this because my friends at school, that's parents or doctors, got them that. Who gives a flying fuck what Jesse and Sarah have got at school right. because their parents are divorced and they're trying to find, fight at each other to make sure their daughter loves them more? That's a different situation. My situation is that I love my family. I love the time I spend with my family. Who the fuck cares The anything else? If everybody else turns it in and goes, but you've got holes in your jeans, and they cover the important parts, I don't give a fuck.
0: Yeah, <laughs>
1: like, and
0: and you you mentioned that uh, wouldn't I didn't mean to cut you off, but you you made a great point. And I want to I want to bring it up because, um, in your upbringing, you one of the major focuses in in your little ramble there was how much the food was there, the the the, yeah. the tatties and and the soup and stuff and growing up like that i i grew up at times we were well off but at times Hmm. we were homeless like my mom was a bartender for 28 years like we lived off her wage and sometimes when she had a good relationship we had more and then sometimes when we didn't it was just us and one of the things i was was getting at when you have to eat to survive is a lot of times people who aren't taught like how to cook and how to like, Mm -hmm. and the kids who aren't taught how to cook or or aren't involved in the, the the feeding of the family, so to speak, they, they don't understand what, what food is or, or the emotional connection to making your food for somebody and the joy that that person, like my mom would take, at some point, she'd have like twenty five dollars. She'd have like the equivalent of like twenty five bucks, and she would get like a gallon of milk, a loaf of bread, stick of butter, a a thing of spam, and some noodles, and maybe some ketchup. And she would be able to whip up fucking amazing shit. It was garbage food, yeah. but the way she the way she spun it, or how she like would have a random ass spice from whatever closet, chuck it in there like wham, and you'd eat it, and you'd be like. I know this is trash food, like it's garbage, but like, there's something that she would do, and it's, it's the fact that she, and this is going to sound cliche that I don't mean to sound a cliche, but she was preparing food for her family, so there was something to it, and yeah. my mom, I'm the oldest of all my siblings, and I've got several of them, a couple of which I've passed away, a couple of which I don't deal with due to personal reasons, but like. Out of all of our siblings, me, my youngest brother, and my youngest sister are the only ones that learned how to cook with my mom. My brothers on my dad's side all know how to cook. They like my 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 brother who passed away, Cody, who I never met, was apparently he was like chef city. That dude was like wow, like sushi chef, you name it. And my brother Rusty can throw down and cook real well too. So like cooking has been a through line in my family for like generations. Like my aunts know how to cook, my uncles know how to cook, and my mom too made sure that the boys knew how to carry their own weight. Like I know how to wash laundry. Bernadette doesn't let me do the laundry because she's obsessed about how it needs to get done. But I know how to <laughs> do, I know how to do the laundry. I know how to cook. Um the only weakness that I have in like just the like the household chore dynamic is i can't detail clean like i'm not yeah, good at like getting all like the nicks and crink like if i just i like wipe everything down and sweep everything and i prepare all the meals that's good bernadette'll go you missed that and i'm like i don't do the detail work i'm not that's a weakness
1: but yeah. Like you didn't move in all the furniture of this living room and Hoover under the couches and the no, the wall no. units and stuff. <laughs> uh, like how dare you, sir? How dare you? <laughs>
0: I'm not good at that. I'm not good at that. But in particular, when it comes to cooking, you talk about how carbonara is like your your signature, right? That's like your jam. Yeah. For for me, I gotta say, when it comes to like my bag for cooking is meat, like any type of meat. Like, I can style on it. Like, barbecue, grill, roast it, broil it, braise it. Like, it doesn't matter what it is. Like, I'm just... Mm -hmm. Like, in my house, B and I cook together, and I prepare, like, the mains and the proteins. And then B will do, like, all the side development, because she's really good at that. She can do all that stuff. And she's, like, a baker herself. She, like, bakes... I sent you the photos of the cake she decorated. Oh, yeah, definitely. She's fucking phenomenal at that. But... Oh,
1: yeah. She
0: can't... She it's not that she can't. She just does, doesn't like cooking cooking because right. cooking in a lot of ways is feel. We're baking a science. Right. And and Bernadette can't she do, or can't or she doesn't have the feel for like this needs a little of that or or like you can grab some salt and chuck it in or it needs some paprika or whatever. Yeah. So, but like my bag is just like proteins, like big proteins, like big proteins cutting them down like making up steaks and seasoning them up and and really cooking them in different ways and presenting them in different ways that's like my thing the weak spot and i'm gonna ask you the weak spot in your cooking game the weak spot in my cooking game and i know it's a secret shame of mine. i cannot do a sauce or a gravy to save my fucking life dude i can't sauces and gravies i'm the weakest at
1: but i try what, what what part of it is it's weak is it just the execution of it or is it trying to get the flavors right
0: i can't get it i can't get a sauce or a gravy to come together i can't get it to form that consistency of a sauce or a gravy so like if i go to make a gravy it comes out like just watery i can't get it i can't get the the roux right to thicken it the way i want i can never dial in the right amount of thickening for a sauce or a gravy. And do you I make come... the
1: roux first or do you make the like the stock first and then add like the butter and the flavor to I, the, add, the...
0: I, I make I make the roux in advance and then I add it to
1: whatever stock is in the pot. Right. Well what you do is the other way. Not the like make your roux first uh-huh. and then add the stock to the roux. Okay. And parts. Because uh, the roux, see, the like, when you do it, it's, the roux is basically butter and flour. Right. So, so out, you, no, you melt your butter. Don't let your butter gold. Mm-hmm. Don't brown your your butter. Just get it so it's nice and, and, and melted. No, and then little... you add in, so it's like 50 grams of butter, 100 grams of flour. Okay. And you, you cook it down and then let it fry. Okay. Like, not... Not like burn or anything like that, but cook it until the flour taste is away or the smell of the flour away. Yeah. Like just that keep on going, keep on going, keep on going. And then let it sit as it fries and bubbles away for a while and it will spread out. Then you'll mix it and it will stiffen up. Then it will spread out and it will stiffen up. And then that's when you add in your stock beast by beast because what it is is when you add in your stock, your roux will just turn to nothing. But it's the gradual heat again that will thicken it because that's when oh, the okay. the starch and that kind of stuff that's the, the that's where the science starts working. Mm-hmm. Everything starts binding again and stuff, and then that's when it will thicken up. And then see if it starts thickening too much. You add in more of your stock to thin it again. Okay, beat it, let it bubble away again. That will thicken up again, and then it's the the slow adding that you'll then get the consistency that you want as opposed to chucking all your stock in and then the flour's got nothing. It will just dissolve in it.
0: Yeah, I think that's my problem is I I don't yeah. I don't know how much roux I need to make to, to really get it. So I think I think I think especially with gravies, that's my that's my big weakness is like I would make everything and then I'd chuck the roux in and and then let it simmer to thicken up and it would never thicken up.
1: Another good trick, and I learned this it was the Chinese restaurant. I learned this mm. is corn flour, really? not corn starch, corn flour. And what you do is you literally just put the corn flour in water and it'll be runny. Like it's, yeah, it's basically it's the way you make that slime. Like, see, when you're handling it, it's hard, yeah, but yeah, if you yeah. stalk it or put That's what the Chinese do. See, when they're making up like the uh, if you're getting like a chicken and mushroom with an oyster sauce, okay. It's just a stock that they made up, and then they add in the cornflour and water, and that thickens. Okay. And it doesn't have the 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 kind of pungent flour flavour, because it's just that you're adding like a, a, a teaspoon of the flour water mixture, and that will thicken it. It's another kind of like if you make a roux and you add in your stock and it thins it and it doesn't rethicken, adding more flour is then just going to alter the taste of your stock because you're never going to be able to cook that flour taste out now. Right. Because it's like when you're cooking with alcohol, you need to burn off the alcohol and cook it out. But if you put it in, like that's why if you're using like a wine, you deglaze your pan with the wine, because you cook out the alcohol. If you don't do that, the alcohol doesn't get cooked out that quick. So you'll leave it in, and that's the same with flour. So if that's the case, instead of adding flour to try and thicken it, you add the corn flour and water to thicken it. Okay, and then it means that you'll not get that flour taste, but it will gradually, and over time you'll start to learn. Like I still couldn't tell you if I was making sauce for ten people how much yaru I have to right. make. Like I can still not, again, like you said, it's more about feel. I'll because like I make a, I've been making a cheesecake for fucking. Seventeen years. It was the first recipe I learned in secondary school when I was thirteen, and I've been making. No oh, fuck. I'm seventeen year. I'm, I am definitely thirty. Seventeen years, and it's never really deviated too much from it. Mm. But my sister, like, every, like I make it just at Christmas. Right, And I've got to the point where I have to make four cheesecakes because I have one that stays at my house. I have to send one down to my sister's house. I right. have to send one to my brother's house. And now I have to send one to my friend's house because they all love this cheesecake. Mm-hmm. And my sister asked me a couple of weeks ago for the recipe for it. And it was heartbreaking to tell that I've never had a recipe because the way I do it is it's like, right, you put the cream cheese in and you put in the sugar and you beat it and beat it, beat it. Then you taste it. That does the taste quite what it's supposed to. So you add in a wee bit more sugar, beat it, beat it. Right, that's at this stage, that's what it's supposed to taste and feel like. Then you add in the next thing, you add in it and that's it. And it's like you can't teach that. It's not something you can teach. It's no. just a case of, so, I was like, ah, well, what I'll have to do is you'll have to come up and I'll make it. And at each, each stage, I'll get you to taste how it should taste like. And then you'll just have to remember. <laughs> like, yeah. that's it. Yeah, that's just to, how it is. You'll
0: have to feel it. You just it need out. to
1: remember how I make this for 17 years. Yeah. But, like, that's just that. And cooking is, it's just... People will say that they know, but there really is not a science to it. No. It's just a case. Like, and especially when, like, you have people who turn around and go, like, oh, you've not put enough salt in that. You've not put enough. It's like, no, I've not put enough salt in it for you. Yeah.
0: That's There's why plenty I of salt in taste. it for me.
1: That's <laughs> but, why the phrase yeah.
0: to taste is, is such a big thing. Exactly. But, like, but, you need to taste everything. Yeah, like, when it comes to sauces and gravies, like, I can... I can doctor up a sauce all day long. Like, like I'll go get a really high quality sauce from like the store, and once I get it in a pan, I can be like, "All right, what do I need to to punch it up?" Yeah. But I can't, I can't make one from scratch. But if you give me like a really good like base, I can yeah. style on that, and you'll be like, "Oh, was it homemade?" I'll be like.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, technically, you made it in your home. Like, yeah, you went and bought it from a store, but you cooked it. At yeah, I, home. I, I made, I made it, I made
0: it my own. But um, mm-hmm. what, what's your? If you were to be completely critique yourself, where's your weak point in in cooking or baking? Because mine mm-hmm. is
1: sauces and gravies. I can't make them worth a shit. See, I think what the problem with me is is. See, because I was professionally taught, uh-huh. it was kind of drilled in, like, the basics of, like, many things were drilled in. Right. So, so long as you kind of go from that basic, you can deviate and experiment and kind of gradually build up. Mm. So... There's nothing that really comes to my head. Like I'm not saying that I'm amazing at cooking everything. Like there will be stuff that I just don't cook well, but it's things that I maybe not cook enough to know. Personally, that's not really like. Do you know one thing that I've always wanted to make, and every time I've tried to make it, is is see good fried chicken, like Mm. see like gravy style with the flour and the spices, like. I can never get it to brown properly. Right. Mine always seems, I don't know if it's because, like, I'm either putting it in too cold of an oil, like, Mm. it's just not hot enough, or I'm not basting it right and stuff. But whenever you watch things, it's like they just, like, they take their chicken, and it's just a dusting in the the seasoned flour, and then they fry it, and it turns out like KFC. But whenever I do it, it either starts falling off the chicken or it doesn't brown or it just doesn't have that flavor that you want. So it's like that seems to be something like I mean I can make the I've got a really nice recipe, and funnily enough, it's gonna sound crazy. I've got a, a, a southern wing recipe that I learned from the YouTube channel Angry Grandpa. Oh no. He made a trailer park chicken wing (laughs) uh, where they put seasoning and all that kind of stuff. And I tell you, out of word of the lie, best fucking chicken wings I've ever tasted. Mm -hmm. Right? That guy knew how to... I mean, don't get me wrong, when you're watching his cooking show and there's cockroaches walking about his trailer, it was was a bit like, I wouldn't wouldn't eat what he's made, but I'll use his recipe. (laughs) It was like that kind of thing. But... It's the, the, the kind of the southern fried chicken. I just can never get that it to stick or just and then you start going, Oh, I have to do the whole put it in the egg, then put it in flour and then nasty. We'll but that just keys. needs you a different kind of chicken or a different batter kind of thing. Well, so
0: there's there's two keys to making like a, a real good southern fried chicken. And in order to do it right, you have to brine the chicken first. That's a yeah. huge mistake. People don't You have to brine the chicken in buttermilk. You got to leave it sit overnight in buttermilk, pat it dry. Then what Mm -hmm. you're going to do is you're going to flour it. Then you dredge it in egg. Then you put it in your seasoned breadcrumb or your seasoned flour. And then you fry it, either deep fry or shallow fry in whatever oil you're using. And the oil has got to be at like 350. So 350 Fahrenheit, I think it's 180 C or whatever it is for you over there.
1: Uh, that... I, I'm not a uh, kind of that conversion but I'll figure it.
0: You yeah, have but Google. You, yeah, you, yeah, I have Google. But yeah, the, the trick to really good southern fried chicken is that buttermilk brine. And you do have right. to do the you gotta do the flour it, egg it, and then re-flour it, and then let it sit. Okay. Because if you let it sit for about 5-10 minutes, the egg will then, and the and the brine will suck all that flour down, onto it. So it'll stay together.
1: Because a lot okay. of people
0: will they'll they'll flour it, egg it, and then flour it again and drop it right into the oil. No, 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 no. You gotta
1: let it sit. I think that's probably where I've been good because I think I'm more of a kind of dip, dash drop. Yep, and that's why I fall apart. You gotta let it sit. You gotta let it. You gotta like let it sit for I've like been. five minutes. You right. once you let
0: it sit, once you let it sit, that that egg and the the buttermilk brine will absorb some of that flour and kind of form like a a a, a coating on it.
1: That's what how I How long would you normally like marinate say in the buttermilk? Overnight? Or how long would it just overnight, overnight. right?
0: Minimum minimum 2 hours, overnight is best. Right. Okay. Because the acid in the buttermilk is going to break down some of those chicken proteins and then get absorbed and flavor it so you get this really rich kind of tanginess to the chicken. And then when you get you get regular flour, then you take your egg wash, a lightly beaten egg, and then you season either the breadcrumb or the flour on the second dip. So you got, you got three bowls. You got the unseasoned flour, you got the egg, and then you got the seasoned flour and the breadcrumb. Roll it in there, set it on a tray, let it sit for five minutes, then fry it off.
1: Right, okay. That's... Is there any specific oil you would suggest? I know you said that it's whatever you want to use, but... I, like would you say the like say like a canola oil an olive oil vegetable I mean, oil? You, you
0: can do a canola oil, but canola oil is so basic bitch. Like I like to use I I like to shallow fry my chicken in in an avocado oil. Right. Okay. Because not only are you going to get the neutral flavor like the avocado oil won't won't add to the chicken at all. It won't it won't change the flavor. But right, you'll get okay. all the omega-3 fatty acids and all the all the good lipids. From the avocado oil into the chicken. So you're actually making healthy fried chicken. Better and and, and barring barring avocado oil, any like if you can get a good, like clean peanut oil, that's a that's a real popular one to do fried chicken in. But if you got peanut allergies, okay. you know, I'll do that. But like I don't like canola oil, canola oil is bullshit. I can't stand it. A good vegetable oil is really good too.
1: You know, is isn't really a thing here. Like, olive oil, vegetable oil, sunflower oil, sunflower and rapeseed oil. That's really, oil. like, they're, like, the, the main ones that you get here. So, I'll, yeah. have, a, I'll have a look in, kind of, like, we've got some specialty stores that have a larger variety. So, I'll go and have a look in those stores and see if I can get, like, say, peanut or avocado. Yeah, the
0: avocado oil is great. We use it here at the house all the time. It's so good. Like mm. it, it it I
1: use coconut oil a lot. Like I, I like you coconut can do that. oil.
0: You could do that. You but can It's
1: very expensive mm. to be deep frying stuff Yeah, I w- I w- <laughs>
0: like if if you were going to like if you were going to like pan sear it, you could do a coconut oil pan sear chicken. Like just yeah. put a little coconut oil and then sear it off in and in like that. But if you're doing like fried chicken, yeah i'd definitely say like a good avocado yeah i'd like 100-ish. to if
1: i was going to do it i want to do it the right way like i want to have it mm-hmm. where like see that kind of way i wonder if this is going to go up fire because of the bubbling that's the level i want is the real yeah. when you see like again like you were saying earlier you, you kind of learned from like the pbs cooking show mm-hmm. and oh food networks that was the way i went i kind of went through like you get food network here where like you're Triple D and yeah. Manny versus Food and all But we have a channel called Good Food, which is like BBC Run. Right. And that is, it's like your Jamie Olivers, your Gordon Ramsay's, Gino DeCampo's. Jamie Oliver, like can you take? Yes, it can. He can. He ruined every fucking pair. He tried to, like, his next one is trying to get rid of Iron Brew. And it's like, mate, no! you are starting a fucking war that you are not going to win or finish. Like, you will end up six feet under if you dare try and take iron brew like i've never had a scottish drink and eat the iron brew is the healthiest fucking thing maybe be attacking something else like the deep fried mars bars and fucking batter let's do that rather than the iron brew
0: i gotta get my hands (laughs) on some iron brew i've heard like i watched a podcast years ago where one of the hosts drank it and he just lost his mind i'm like i gotta get me some of that
1: See, the funniest thing about it is I've watched people, like, taste Scottish stuff, and it's always Iron Brew, and so many people talk about how it has a a bubblegum flavour. And every Scottish person will turn around and go, what the fuck are you talking about bubblegum? It's like bubblegum. It tastes like Iron Brew. It's one of the ones where, like, see that pineapple milkshake beer? Yeah. Where it didn't taste of anything, it tasted of itself, uh-huh. that's Iron Brew, that like you you physically like cannot explain what right. Iron Brew tastes like, Iron Brew tastes like Iron Brew like, we right. have so many like, you have Bars Iron Brew, that is the main brand, is mm. Bars Iron Brew you have other, cheaper versions, where it's Iron Brew but it's spelled I-R-O-N oh, B-R-E-W no. and stuff like that but it just it's cheap knockoff and it tastes cheap knockoff, but yep. true iron brew the only way you can describe it is it tastes of iron brew, but know that they started bringing out like your iron brew zero and your diet iron brew they uh, they taste different than normal iron brew, but it's like iron brew is the greatest hangover cure ever is you forever talk to anybody for Scotland is on a Sunday morning after a wicked, wicked two-day binging session with alcohol, there's nothing better than a greasy fry-up and a cold glass bottle. Like, only a glass bottle will work with iron brew. Your cans, your plastic bottles and stuff, uh, like, it's just, it doesn't hit as good as the good old glass bottle of iron brew, but it has to be ice cold it just hits differently like we even have iron brew ice cream and stuff what? like that yeah oh god I have to try it what in okay. iron brew bottle what? what like actual chewy
0: bars what is it's it insane. about stuff in a glass bottle because over oh, here if different. you get Coke or like Dr. Pepper or Pepsi in a glass bottle it's leaps and mounds ahead of anything else. Like what what is it about a glass it's bottle? The...
1: It must be the carbonation process. You think so? Like, I think it's just like I know they put a film in the tin so that the aluminium doesn't actually affect yeah the 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 contents. But I think it's just. I think it's an array I think I think it's like the the feel of drinking out a glass bottle just has that. Oh, I have class and elegance. I have. I am drinking from a glass bottle. I am a king. That sort of like that starts with um, the fact that just like it's like you drink out a glass, like a, just a normal drinking glass. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, there's, if you drink out a drinking glass, or you drink out a paper cup. Right. You, you, there's a difference there just in the aesthetic of it.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Uh, and the likes of flavour wise, I think it just. I think even though they have, like, a film in that, the the tin or the cans and the plastic just still play a part in the overall experience. Mm-hmm. I don't think it necessarily is that it tastes different. I think on that level it's more the psychological effects of it being a glass bottle, because you think a glass bottle, it was the old style, like, it always came in right. glass bottles. And then they brought out plastic. I think it's just that sort of vintage class sort mm. of. It's the exact same thing. Like, you go and have Nutella spread. Ugh, I hate Nutella. Right? It's a, do you like Roche? I do, but I don't, I don't like it. It's the same I, thing. I know, I know. It's I, know I know. I know. That's the
0: crazy that, thing. I, I know, but, <laughs> but you look at a bottle of Nutella and it's all fucking sugar. And I'm like, nope.
1: I can't, but I can't that's do the it. thing is it's physically the same like see in a ferrero Roche they use basically nutella <laughs> I, I, I know. It. but it tastes so much better because a ferrero rocher has <laughs> class and dignity <laughs> that's that's the thing like if somebody goes here's a piece of nutella you're like it's it's nothing special but if somebody goes Ferrero Rocher it's, you're like yeah, ooh, well, well you yes up. I do like that's just how it is. if somebody gives you like an off brand for like a a Fred Rocher <laughs> like you'll be like the fuck is this shit get, but as get soon as you have a elegant of the brand because like everybody talks shit about like you have Coca-Cola uh-huh. and you have like store brand Coke store brand is better than Coca-Cola well, there's not really a great deal of a flavor change to me. No. But you're paying $2 more for the brand name. as yeah, opposed that, to nuts. Like, it costs the exact same amount of money to make Coke, Coca-Cola as it does to make store brand Coke. Mm-hmm. It's just that you're paying for the name brand. And they're in the same factory. Is, pretty much. <laughs> so it's, to me, I think it's more the psychological aesthetic mm-hmm. of the glass bottle yeah. that just makes it. Like, as I said, the, the Ferrero Rocher is the best kind of example that I can come to of the fact that right. it's just hazelnut chocolate. But because the aesthetic of a Ferrero Roche is big, the balls and the mm, the, the, the dignitaries is where it, right. it, it comes from, that it, it makes you kind of go, it's class and... If if you're eating Ferrero Roches, you've made it in the world kind of yeah. thing. Whereas up a bit. Y- you're eating your dairy milk chocolate bar. You're like it cost you me forty five You can get a box of six for a roches for a pound here. Oh wow. It's no it's no as it's if like it's eight like an expensive. Over here. Really? Or, yeah. well, when you're over here, just load up.
0: <laughs> Smuggle <laughs> just, it back and sell it for a profit.
1: Because like, that's what I, literally my plan when I'm coming there is I'm literally gonna book in like I'll take one case with me, but my return, like especially when I was supposed to become to New York lad, uh, and mm. get Christmas there. I've, yeah, the plan was, is that I was taking a case with me mm. and then I was putting on second case to come back. So I was just going to buy an case in America right. and then just load it up with shite that I wanted to bring him. Like that was the solid plan, was that I was just going to bring him the, the chocolate, the, mm. the, the uh, any food source that I can get a hold of. Uh, like, there's a... I don't know... There's a, it's it's more in Salt Lake mm-hmm. uh, City where uh, one of the, my friend of a friend that came across from the States, and it's Ruby Murray's Cookies. Oh, okay. Um, She'd brought them across, and they are fucking phenomenal. And my other plan was, I was going to go to Salt Lake City, go to Ruby Murray's, and right. pick up a bunch of cookies and just take them with me as well. Like my plan was, is I was just like for a good, for solid three weeks, was just buy shit to bring him with me. And <laughs> I would probably suggest you do the same here. Is yeah. when you come here, just book in a, a third case going him with you and just fill it with Iron Brew, Ferrero Rocher, <laughs> dairy milk, and then Iron Brew. Bar. Get a jacket and walk
0: around town. And be like, I got Ferrero Rocher, motherfucker. Want some of that iron brew? Iron brew is actually illegal here. Did you know that? Really? Why? Yeah, because it's got something in it that we there's a there's an ingredient in iron brew that the USDA doesn't allow. So iron brew is actually
1: illegal in America. What makes that insane is that the (laughs) UK and EU's food regulatory standards are so much more stricter than the US that it's insane to think that the UK has an ingredient that the US, like the United States of America, deem unsafe the same nation that allow their cows to be fed fucking fertiliser and chemicals to beef them up, deem a certain ingredient used in Scotland as unsuitable for human consumption. That blows yeah. my fucking mind. I'm yeah. sorry. That is, that's insane. Like, are we talking about the same United States? Like, you're not talking about like a, a secret no, United no, States that, that only Bruce's exists illegal. within the United States.
0: No, Iron <laughs> Brew <Bruce's illegal. laughs> is illegal. Iron Brew Listen, I'll be like, I got that illegal Iron bro. Make you strong. Make you go a long time.
1: <laughs> that's, that is, I I genuinely didn't know that. And that is, that is an eye-opener. That That is a situation America has. They they deem Iron Brews unsuitable.
0: I, I think Yet it's still, Some have,
1: of the shit they put through.
0: <laughs> I'll have to double-check, but I know a couple of years ago I was watching a podcast where the dude was drinking Iron Brew and he's like, I feel... I'm a criminal. And he's swinging on it. And they're like, don't don't show it on camera. And I was like, why? <laughs> I mean, I'll have to double-check, but I'm pretty sure there's an ingredient or something in Iron Brew that's illegal because of probably because like we have an, an ingredient that's similar and they don't want to like they don't want to have like the real shit they want us to use our shit it's the same thing like um yeah. over here in the united states tonka beans if if you know what a tonka bean is uh it's kind of like a mixture of vanilla and nutmeg and uh, cinnamon all wrapped in one they're okay. they're they're really really good but they're like super illegal but, like, they're all over, like, high-end bars. You, you can shave a Tonka bean on, on. So it's, like, one of those situations where, like, it's illegal, but everybody has it kind of deal. But the reason yeah. Tonka beans are illegal is because they come from um one of the Caribbean nations that we embargoed back in the 60s. And then, like, uh, the food industry made a flavoring of Tonka bean. And they put it in some things, which means the actual tonka bean can't be imported in the U.S. because it'll infringe on the tonka bean flavoring.
1: So what what you're saying is the U.S. regulatory system (laughs) has it in place that the iron brew ingredients are too healthy (laughs) to be allowed into the U.S. because they have shit that has so many chemicals packed into it that does the same thing. That they would rather like that that iron brew does not cause enough diabetes, so <laughs> it's not allowed in the U.S. Like that's what I'm getting for this conversation.
0: Uh, I'll double check, but yeah, essentially, probably yeah. You're you're no that
1: is too right healthy the... and suitable for people's consumptions. How dare they sell that here? Uh... People have their own knowledge. Live till they're forty-five and have diabetes and lose <laughs> a foot.
0: But that 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 highlights the oxymoron of the food industry, doesn't it? Like. You go to the grocery store, right? And we're kind of bullshitting about food and stuff, but that's an interesting point to talk about. Um, why, when I go to the grocery store, the processed bullshit costs two dollars, but the organic whole food costs six.
1: The that fuck is, is wrong with you? That is stunt a subsidiaries. That is basically see your produced stuff, like see, like. See the fertilizers and the chemicals that it can pump into it, mm-hmm. it makes it grow faster. Yeah, it means the production rate can be lower because they can pump out more. Whereas the organic stuff, because it takes longer to grow and it takes more like Later. effort, yeah, that's what you're having to do that for. Because it's the same, like, that's why in a lot of cases meat is quite expensive. Mm-hmm like say, like an actual cut of meat, like if you were to go and get a steak, or a fillet steak, and it's like $22 for steak. The reason why that is, is because it takes, you have to have your field for your cattle. So you have like your three acres of cattle field. In order to feed those cattle, you need to have 124 acres yep. of vegetable patches that then feed the cows, but the food and the money that you get out of that one cow does not make up to the amount of land and food that you So that is why, like, it's one of the reasons why I had that kind of vegan dietary is because I came to the, the realisation that it literally takes up more environment and land and that, like, they're literally having to kill off rainforests to make cattle grazing fields because it takes and not necessarily just for cattle it's to field the food Mm -hmm. to feed the cattle that you get so like the exchange rate is so small like the amount of food you have to pump into a cow and the little food you get back means that the cow then costs more money because they have to recoup the losses of the amount of food that they pump in like one vegan or somebody that just eats vegetables can live for a year on one field of like food. Yet to feed a cow, you need to have seventy-four fields.
0: Yeah, I, I guess my point wasn't necessarily the that the difference in the organic. My 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 issue is why is the prepackaged processed bullshit food? more readily affordable than actual real food. That's that's the problem well, That's, I that's what I'm
1: saying. Right, it's I know. because the chemicals that they can use and the ingredients that they can use to kind of, like, flavor some, like, you can turn around and go, right, well, they make this banana bread, like, an actual banana bread with bananas and stuff like that. It will cost X amount of money. But we can buy this flavoring for... I fucking hate that. The, it makes up 74 million bananas for two dollars but to buy 74 million bananas it would cost so much more money so the reason is that is because the production of that stuff because it's it's shite it's because it's chemicals and additives and and that kind of stuff that's the reason why is because it's not real food yeah it's because the production to create real food is so much higher. But the other reason is because governments subsidise the costs of the produce stuff. Right. That's why it can cause because they get the tax breaks, whereas companies that make real food don't get those tax breaks.
0: And That, that's, that means that's that's that, the that their overheads
1: I mean. are so much higher. Yeah. So it is a whole... There's so many reasons as to why that is. And it's the exact same reason as is the reason why... Companies look at it and go, well, we're still making a lot of money rearing this cattle, then killing it, slaughtering it and selling it on. Even though we're only getting a small portion of it, we're still there because of supply and demand. People go out and see, oh, well, that's only $2 rather than the $6. And they pick up the $2 because that's, that's how it is. See, if the government was to subsidise the organic stuff. And the other companies had to put up their prices to get their profits up to match where the profits are now, you would see the difference in people would go and buy the organic stuff.
0: Yeah, and that and that and that like for me I've got and uh for me I've got kids that all have dietary issues and like I've got kids that have autism. So when I feed them the junk food, their issues are exacerbated. And what frustrates me hmm. as a dad and somebody who has health conditions of my own I would love to see that dynamic flipped. I want the whole foods and the organic foods to be subsidized and the corporate pre-processed bullshit to be taxed and and pushed harder because I have a philosophy when I go to the store, I don't shop in the middle aisles at all. Like not at all. Like I get a few things like I'll grab cereal and some mac and cheese and some pasta and you know, some tuna fish and, and sauces and whatnot. But 90% of my shopping is the outside aisle because I yeah, want extra. I want the whole foods. I want the whole meats. I want the lean meats. I want the proteins. I want I want the veg. Yeah. And what drives me nuts is I just dropped $283 on groceries today. That'll last me two weeks.
1: Yeah. And that, I, the, the, the sad thing about it is the dynamic will never flip unless – entire societies allow it to flip. Like, seven people turning around and saying, no, we want change. As they going to do Because everybody can scream for change, but unless you actively start making the change, mm-hmm. that it's not going to happen. Like, there's so many things that are going on where people are like, oh, this is the change, this is the change, and you're like but you're not actually making the change. You're just screaming for it. Yeah.
0: I'm sure, uh, so that's I'm sure where advocates. the problem
1: is, is like... Like, you can sit and cry and go, no, they, these, this Whole Foods has to be cheaper than that, but then they go and buy the cheap stuff because they've no got the money to buy the Whole food stuff. Yeah. They mm-hmm. want the Whole food stuff. It's a, it's one of these stupid, you're caught between a rock and a hard place. Like, yeah. you want that stuff, but you just physically can't afford that in other situations.
0: Bernadette and I make, make a lot of sacrifice to provide the higher quality food for our kids. Like, uh we do we do have to buy smaller amounts and pay more so there are sometimes we burn it at night don't eat it's it's rare but we would rather have the higher quality food for the kids than buy like the fucking spaghettios and shit because food is one of those things where food is fuel and you are what you eat and if you eat shit food you're going to have a shit body like look at me like i haven't worked out in a year I'm rocking about 210 pounds and I look decent. I'm not some fucking fat load. It's because I eat good food and just walking and going to work and doing stuff. Am I overweight? Yes, I'm overweight. I should be down around 170, but am I carrying excess fat? No, I'm still 25% body fat. So my diet maintains a healthy level, even though I'm at a bigger weight because I make the financial sacrifice to buy the higher food but a family that can't make the sacrifice and I'm not bagging on anybody's financial situation don't don't assume that <laughs> I just I feel frustrated because all too often we're 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 tasked with getting the bullshit because we can afford it when the real shit that'll actually help us is out of reach and I wish the dynamic was sw- switched and one yeah. of the things we're going to do when we move to the coast is the coast has a bigger abundance of um farmers markets right yeah so we want to shift our our shopping more to, towards the farmers markets than the grocery store so that we can yeah. give back to the local the local um the local farmers and whatnot and and learn to do a lot of that because growing up in michigan and i'm going to I know we're going a little long. We're coming up on, we got like 50 minutes to two hour mark, but I really wanted to hit on this point in our conversation about food is I grew up hunting. I am an advocate of hunting, uh, for sustainability. And when we go out to Oregon, I would like to try and get back to fishing and hunting at least Mm -hmm. once, once a year, twice a year going out there, maybe taking a deer, maybe getting an elk and it's going to be a lot of work. And I'm older now, but I would really love to do that because one elk, if I can take it, will give me all the meat for six months that I need. Yeah. Instead of going and buying the beef and the pork and the chicken constantly, I can I can take an elk and I can get the liver, I can get the kidneys, I can get the heart, I can get the ribs, I can get all of that. For six yes. months, I don't got to buy meat. Therefore, lessening my impact you know, but still giving my family a higher quality and like taking a rap, getting rabbits and stuff. That's all, you know, stuff like that. Getting a deer. Like, I would love to do that. Is it going to be possible with my work schedule? I don't know, but I would definitely like to try because yeah, I want to, I want to shift our, I want to shift our dietary to farmer's markets and maybe hunting. But the point I wanted to make is a lot of, you see a lot of people online now that are like hunters are bad. And I grew up in a family where hunting was life. And as long as you're hunting for sustain uh what is it subsistence hunting? I'm all for your support. Go out and hunt, do your thing. But like if you're out there to take a rack from a deer and leave the deer, fuck you.
1: Fuck you. Yeah, I think it's the trophy hunting that's yeah. that's causing the most thing. I mean like I've never done hunting. Like I understand like why people would do it in the sustained thing. So I, if <clears throat> like I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't necessarily like I mean I'm not gonna hate people for right. it. Like I'm not gonna say, oh, I don't want to associate because like everybody's entitled to do what the f- they want. Mm-hmm. Like the, the the thing that always comes up is you know if you I mean. can cause the least amount of harm, then do it. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's it. Like that was one of the reasons why I kinda switched to vegan for a, a while there was because it was a case of well yeah like I, you don't actually need like like people keep on basic oh you need meat for proteins you don't you can get you protein out of everything protein is what your is amino acids that your body breaks down yep. and makes it into proteins you don't get proteins just from meat you can get protein from bread you can get it for peanuts like that's how you get protein that like, you get it in everything it's just like that's one of the reasons why is they argue that meat or oh, you get your protein for meat is because that's the sole, That's the only thing that you, you that the meat really has to fight its case. If, like
0: if you're so focused as protein, why aren't you eating insects? Cause pound for pound insects have two to three times the amount of protein than yeah. meat. And it has a lower impact on the environment. So if your argument is I eat meat because protein, you sh- that's a bullshit argument. Like you are saying, yeah, you should no, exactly. Eat insects. If that if that's the case, then you should be eating insects. That because that's mm-hmm. a you bullshit argument. You can get protein argument. shakes
1: then. Yeah, like go and get your protein for a protein shake. Like those, like the, like it's 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 one of those arguments where the only argument you have for hunting is that you enjoy hunting. Yeah, which is a fair. It's the only argument you have. So that if that's your argument. Everybody has to just go, no, that's fair enough. That's, that's your prerogative. You can do what you want in your life. Any other argument is bullshit because it's like, well, no, that's like you can get it. Like there's so many things, like there's political things that I'm not mm. going to get into yeah. with that same sort of thing is that your only argument to have that and use that is that you enjoy it. I and love it's the for me. fairest argument. Like, if that's what you like, I wouldn't personally go out and start hunting myself, but I'm not going to shitting you for it. Like, it's yeah. your life. You you do that. Like, I think what the problem is is too many people... Like, like and the, like, the likes of, like, the vegan and, 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 and meat eaters and stuff. Like, there's that constant battle, and it's not even a constant battle because the majority don't. It's Hell a small sure. minority of mm-hmm. both sides that the media fucking overreact and give them a bigger light than they should Is the ones that like the vegans that are going into restaurants those and all that that's such a small group of vegans, most vegans just want you to like, like, what I eat, why does it affect you, like how how good is your life that what I have in my plate affects you that bad who gives a fuck, and most of the arguments the other way is like like, I, I have had it where I've turned around and said, oh, I am vegan. And it's like, why are you vegan? It's like, oh, that's none of your business. Like, yeah, I'm vegan, I'm vegan. And the reason why there's certain people, like, it's not all people, but the reason why a lot, like, many of them that have this argument is is because they then want to justify why they eat meat. And it's yeah. like, you, I don't ha- want to have this conversation. Like, so there's another stream that, ha- that put it that way, is that to her, it's like, what does it matter what I have in my plate? I'm enjoying right. it. You enjoy it. Like she does they go and say to you, I mean, imagine eating steak, that's fucking horrible. Do you know how they go that steak? They fucking slit that cow's throat and let it bleed out and all that. Like, that's no how you do it. If you want to eat steak, eat steak, but don't shit on me for my dietary yeah. wants and things. Like if I want to eat asparagus for my breakfast, I'll fucking eat asparagus. So like, if you want if you have a problem with that, I'll stick the asparagus up your fucking ass. Like, yeah, one, I'd see it. So just one to be what the, you
0: want. one one of the reasons I like hunting, and you're right, that I do I do as a kid I enjoyed hunting for hunting. One of the reasons why I enjoy hunting or want to get back into hunting now is because I enjoy wild game more than regular food. And wild game is so expensive in the grocery store that it's more economically economically sound and financially sound for me to go out and hunt it and get a whole animal for like 50 bucks for the hunting license than having to buy a side of elk for 104. So one of the reasons I want to get back into hunting or like being like I'll pay a hunter to you know for part of his kill if I can't physically hunt is because I want wild game more than i want chicken and beef and cattle because not only is it more environmentally sound it's also ethically better because the animal is taken cleanly i know if i take the animal i can take it cleanly i can clean it and i'm gonna use that entire fucking animal Mm. where like a factory farm piece of steak is shoved in a bin fell given steroids and fertilizer and then left a horrible life so I love Wild Game. It's my favorite. I, I love elk. I love deer. I love I love alligator. I love all that shit. And I can't get it in a grocery store without paying an exorbitant rate. So when I move out to the coast where we got yeah. big fucking forests and wild animals, I'm, I'm either going to hook up with a hunter and be like, well, I'll pay you for your tag if you bag me an animal because I might not be able to physically hunt. And not yeah. only does the hunter get something out of it, but I get what I want as a fair exchange.
1: So Which is fair enough. And it, like as I said, that's a it's a solid argument. Yeah. That I would say it and no, it. No. So like that's that's how I see it is that people need to be more inclined to that, where mm-hmm. they just go, Well, if that's what you enjoy, then that's totally fine because mm. I drive this
0: off. I don't care. Um, <laughs> it was super slimy and it's super crumbly and won't peel anything. It's still good. Uh, just no, do the best you can. Yeah, it's sharp cheddar. It's, it's very dry. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: do the best you can. If you need it to peel, take a really thin knife and slide it in between, and that might help.
1: I know. I know! But Another thing for that is see if you take a kitchen towel mm-hmm. and dampen it and put the cheese in it. That will moisten it just enough to be yep. able to slice with the to... Yeah,
0: but I'm I'm, I'm I'm trying to get her to figure it out. <laughs> that's, that's fair enough. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I think we've talked a lot about a food and food culture, and and the fact that um, food food kind of centers around a lot of our life. But a lot of what I hear is, and to kind of put this final thought on it is, to me, food is essential to a lot of my life because that's where I get a lot of quality time with my kids. And that's where I get a lot of like time to kind of pass my knowledge down. So like when we're sitting at a dinner table around a meal, we talk about our day, we talk about hope streams and, and and what we're looking forward to. And a lot of that fun comes from joking about oh you know what we did or or how we made it and you and some of the viewers of my twitch stream like i do food battles with my daughter who's been in and out all day she's kicked my ass 3-0 that fucking bitch um <laughs> she's got my ass beat three times now and it's because she spends time in the kitchen with me laughing joking hanging out asking questions and i think if If food is held in the right thing, food is a life enrichment. But sometimes food is one a detriment because people emotionally eat or they connect feeling good to food. And I think from a cultural standpoint, at least in my house, we've always said that food is you know food is food, enjoy it, have fun with it, but remember that. You know, you can't rely on it to supplant things like your emotional state, or or like you can't you you can't like buy somebody's affection with a
1: steak. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I mean, no, Short term, you can. <laughs> They're like, ooh, a steak, but
1: yes, like, definitely short term <laughs> food does many a thing.
0: <laughs> but I, I think, in all things, food. I I think food needs to remain in perspective and how it affects your life and. And let it be an enhancement and an enrichment to your life, and not, not an obsession or an addiction or a downfall in your life. Yeah.
1: What do you? Think? Yeah, no, I, I definitely I I agree with that. Is that again, addiction and that is like a, a topic that has so many. Yep. Kind of, like I don't I don't know enough, and I I, I wouldn't think me. Yeah, neither do I. Too much into that, um. But my main kind of takeaway of it is that. No matter your situation, food, like, again, like you said, it shouldn't be used as a suppressant or anything like that. But food should be a comfort.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Not a comfort to hide pain and sadness, but a comfort of it's it's where it feels home. Mm-hmm. It's an enjoyment. It should be a fun and happy experience. It shouldn't be a, a chore. I think that's the best way to kind of mm-hmm. look at it, is that it shouldn't be a chore. It should be an enjoyable experience. Like, when I'm cooking, I've got music on, I'm dancing, I'm just having a great fucking time. That's how I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So I think the best way to say it is, when you're cooking, do it what how you enjoy it, and. Just have fun with it. Like, with it. if you if you want cook with your partner, cook with it. Have that sort of fun. Stick on music while you're cooking. Have a dance. Joke. Cook with your children. Show them how to cook. Show them the basics. Like set them up for that basic life where they're no got. Like they'll know how to. Like you said, even that survival instinct. Teach them that because you never nobody can tell you what your financial situation is going to be shit can happen. Mm. You might win some, you lose some. That's how life life is just like. Uh, So just enjoy all those little moments. Share with your kids and your family how to do the basic survival style of being able to make noodles, be able to make toast, be able to stick something in the oven. Yep. just those little things that means that when they grow up they're not f- thrown out in that big bad world because the world is a scary fucking place yeah it is and it will beat you to the fucking ground like so let's let's give people the best start that they can and remembering that food is just an enjoyable fun thing to love yeah. Like you do it every day, so enjoy it. Yeah. And like I have the same relationship with Alco.
0: <laughs> right. I love it. It, it. It's a thing. So let's uh let's move on to the happy ending. We got about uh, 30, 45 minutes, because we keep about two and two and a half hours. Let's yeah. go with your story first, because I find this fucking hilarious, dude. It's all
1: about the couz.
0: It's all about the kids. <laughs> All right, it's about let's...
1: the Highland Coos and the fact that uh, Visit Scotland, mm-hmm. which is our like travel like, everybody come and see how amazing we are. I mean, it's, it's already apparent, like, we are amazing, but <laughs> the, now come and look at the website that shows just how fucking amazing we are. Like, <laughs> that, that's where we're at. Dude, so, what it is... These are some it, shaggy fucking cows, man. Yeah, this is this is prop. This is Scotland. This is when you think when you see Scotland, you think Highland Coo, and when you see Highland Coo, you think fucking Scotland.
0: I mean, I'm not gonna what? lie. That cow on the cover is cute as shit. He's got the fur over the uh, one eye. The lips are like. I mean, that's a good looking cow. Don't get me wrong. I'm not gonna God, date dude. him, but he's a cute fucking cow. I'd feel bad I mean, about eating steak off of a cow. Never say
1: never. <laughs> never say never. Sometimes the cows can get a nice wee beer in you. They have a nice dance, show you a good time. Next thing you know, you're waking up, arm around it, you wondering spooning? which changed. Your little spoon in a cow. Yeah, I get it. Exactly. That's it. Like the big, fluffy, and warm. Like, <laughs> so what, What's the? Don't island knock island it till off? you try it.
0: What's the like, about?
1: Basically, visit Scotland, cause Highland cows or to normal people, a Highland cow. <laughs> right. Or like a mainstay of Scotland. <laughs> tourists flock to Scotland to come get photos with Highland Cows. I mean, I wouldn't take photos uh, with it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so what, what happened is during the COVID, obviously travel was uh-huh. limited. You couldn't become tourists and that. So Visit Scotland decided at the... Just I think it was the beginning of March, that what they wanted to do is basically have a coup cam. <laughs> so at the moment... Every Coo's Day. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Every Coo's Day.
1: <laughs> uh, Visit Scotland. They're posting up photos mm. of Highland Coo's from like, uh, different areas of Scotland, like Dumfries and Galloway. They've got a farm up in Aberdeen. They've got a conservation up the like Inverness and the Highlands mm. and stuff. So basically, they're, ta- they're showing these photos as a kind of, you can't come to the cows, so we're going to bring the cows to you. Nice. So it was basically just a nice little fun. Come and look at the amazing cows. And the plan that there is is they they're going to get a live stream at three of these sort of farms, mm-hmm. just showing the day to day life of the the gracious Highland cow. And <laughs> it's it's one of those stories where <laughs> like that's really it. that's the, that's the long that like. Highland cows of Scotland are starring in their own coup Cam show. That, that's that's the the title of the story. Uh, that's that's it. It's just, it's just the fact that they're going to start live streaming the fan farms, giving you the the the, the lifestyles of these cows as they go on through their day to day life, and it's just that feel good out of Scotland where it's come and see your cows, <laughs> come it... and see the pride. <laughs>
0: Doesn't 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 that just doesn't that amaze you that in the middle of a pandemic where tourism is taking the massivest of hits, somebody was like, Do you know what? Let's make a live stream of the keys. And that's everybody nice. and everybody went, this brilliant uh us. Shut fucking I mean <laughs> oh, oh. I,
1: like when he actually beat the, the uh, the, the actual, it literally says Australia has kangaroos, China has pandas, and Scotland is known for its cows. <laughs> Shaggy, ginger, pink tongue, Highland cows to be exact. <laughs> and that's that's pretty much it. That's the whole thing is the fact that of all that has happened throughout this pandemic, <laughs> somebody went, Do you know what we are missing? Oh. Cows. <laughs> Do you know what Twitter needs?
0: Wrong. I mean, you got cat videos, dog videos. You got like pet videos, and now you got like these shaggy,
1: fucking cute little cows just walking around the field, like, "What up?" (laughs) And like, on the actual article, they've posted up the March second, and it's just a cow sitting there eating its hay, lovely sunshine in the background, (laughs) and it's like, look at that. He is having a great fucking time, like. Uh, take a mo- Take a moment take a <laughs> to movement. chill and enjoy this beautiful scene this Tuesday, Kettlebridge Fife.
0: You know I'm gonna so, I'm gonna follow that Twitter account now. I'm all about following that Twitter account. Like when I get <laughs> off here, I'm gonna retweet your tweet and then I'm gonna follow Visit Scotland because I gotta get I gotta have more I gotta have more cowbell. <laughs>
1: See, What I will say is I'll I'll put the link to the Visit Scotland Twitter feed and website because see even just scrolling through it, like you got like I've just clicked onto the Visit Scotland. The profile picture is a Highland Coup for this whole thing. But it's not just like the Visit Scotland does have like they've got the photos of Dumbarton Castle, mm. uh, they've got photos of like there's just a photo from Scotland. Right. It's fucking stunning. They've got the links in that to different places, Scottish outdoor actors. Like this is one thing that I no gonna Talk about it. This episode, or maybe bring it up next episode or following episode. Right. And it's just the experiences of living in Scotland or being in Scotland and how amazing it is. And just looking at the visit Scotland website and Twitter, it'll it's enough nothing explanation as to why you need to visit Scotland.
0: Yeah, I think I think uh, after the next episode when we have Monster on, I want to talk about some of the adventures that I've had in the state not necessarily like the 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 bar story ones but like I've mm. been to like Oklahoma I've gone to Michigan I've been to uh California and stuff and I kind of want to talk about some of the like hijinks. like there was a I won't I won't do the full story here but a bunny of mine went to uh Oklahoma and we went to a wildlife preserve and there's some shit that went down in that wildlife preserve because like you said like we live in a world where there's amazing shit around us all the time and like visit scotland's like you know what we got we got coups. let's fucking do it and yeah so much is is dedicated to the the human grind that we forget that we've had amazing interactions with non the non-human world and i think talking about that yeah. would be i think that would be a hell of a good time too so yeah i'm i'm in i, w- I want to hear about the i want to hear about the adventures in scotland cuz i've got a few non adventure non-alcohol-fueled adventures in fucking america too so i i, I, I would love to talk about that that would be great and when we do get over there like i said we we've said it in a couple podcasts where bernadette and i are going to try and get over there probably in the next yeah like, five years once once all the kids are older uh, older and they can kind of handle themselves where we can travel a little bit i definitely want to get over there and, yeah damn right i'm gonna
1: get me a picture with some goddamn coos i'm fucking too yeah. <laughs> you We'll go fucking all the place. You can see all the coups. You can personally visit and meet every fucking coup there. I'm in.
0: I'm in. Let's go. I'm going
1: coup hunting. With
0: nah, a camera. That's
1: it. Dude, that's <laughs> like, great. So, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, like, it's 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 just one of these stories that I seen it. It was last week I seen it and I went, mm, I, I I need to bring this up because <laughs> this is just this is Scotland in a nutshell. <laughs> What this shit going on? Hey! Look at this ginger bastard. <laughs> oh,
0: no, so what's more famous? The Coos or Nessie? I
1: think it depends who you ask. You think so? Because yeah, you can get Highland Coos everywhere. Like, I, when I lived in the Netherlands, mm. the area that I lived in literally had, like, just random fields with Highland Coos in them. <laughs> because Scotland gave them of gifts. To like some nations, yeah, like, they'd just be like, "Oh, we are friends." Do, do they really? Do yeah. they really? They're like, "Here, have a coup." Like, you'll probably find that there is like places in the states that have Highland coups that have been a kind of break bread with the states in Scotland. That's what this is. Why everybody like you'll never ever find, apart from the English, you'll never find somebody that will have a complaint against Scotland because. Scotland's just fucking amazing. Like, everybody's just like, oh, we'd like we that one time, have a coup. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that. How can you be mad at that? How can you have any resentment towards that nation that go, oh, we're friends, here's a coup?
0: <laughs> I mean, it's sound logic. You really can't be mad if they're like, here, have a cow. It's like, fuck, what are we going to do now? And I admit it. Some of the pictures on this article, there's some cute fucking ginger bastards over there. <laughs> like my dog would be like, "Can I go play with them?" She'd be like, "Can I go play with them?" I'd be like, "No." Yeah, but dude, it's amazing that it the, just what the pandemic has made people do. Like, just you know what? People need coos, and it, it like when you put it up there, I was reminded of that Saturday Night Live skit with Christopher Walken. Like, I need more cowbell. <laughs>
1: Yeah. They're like, fuck yeah. that,
0: you need more coup. You need more coup in your life.
1: Is that that's, that's basically that's basically Visit Scotland's just went Saturday Night Life. We need <laughs> <mere> coup. <laughs>
0: they did they, they <laughs> told totally, they went SNL to the max, man. That's great. Cause honestly, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna show my ignorance. I didn't know shit about the Highland coup until you brought this article up. I was like, the oh, fuck? There you go. We learn something every day. I every day's a school day. I, I, I did not know that you guys were famous for coups. No, I knew yeah, kilts, I knew kilts, bagpipes, haggis, <laughs> and sheepshagging. That that was...
1: See, it's actually quite funny if you were to go through that. Like, <laughs> you've got the like, say, like, like what you said. Then we've got like the Highland coups with unicorns, like. The, the national animal of Scotland is the unicorn.
0: I didn't know that. You it's it's, it's that. on
1: our passport and everything. Uh, so, like, there's so many random things that Scotland has that just, like, I could probably make a good few episodes of me just <laughs> teaching you about Scotland and all the crazy fucking shit that we just randomly have because it's like, hey, it's Scotland. Well,
0: here's a random thing. One of the, one of the cities in California, the mayor's a fucking dog.
1: Interesting. Was there no a town somewhere that, that it was like a horse as well? Yes, there was a horse. There I, was I'm a... pretty sure that reached Scotland, and we all went. Oh, fair enough. Probably has a better political standpoint than most humans.
0: Oh <laughs> well, yeah, there's there's some there's some what the fuck shit over here. But yeah, yeah. man, I dude, that article when you posted it, I looked at it before the show, and I just I like I am now. Just fucking died laughing. Like, it's hilarious to me. <laughs> oh my god. And to that, we will transition into something that's... As we discussed earlier in the show, Doc's is kind of like a tree hugger. <laughs> there's an, there's a gentleman who has created a biodegradable solar panel that cleans... that that um converts CO2 into oxygen and can be used in space.
1: Oh Yeah. Like you've just went everything that you do in a happy ending is rolled into one (laughs) news story for you here. Exactly.
0: It's great. And here's the thing these solar panels are made out of fucking algae. What? How do you there's something else? There's I I gotta get this this, uh this kid's name right. He's a twenty three year old Mexican biotechnician and winner of MIT's 2019 Latin America Inventors Under 35. His name is Adan Ramirez Sanchez. Like, this dude made solar panels powered by algae instead of, like, precious minerals like silicates and whatnot, mined from the earth. So, we were talking about sustainability with the farming. This kid was like, hold my beer. Hold my tecate. I got you. (laughs) And he took algae and was like, hmm. The algae uses photosynthesis for energy. Can I somehow take the power of photosynthesis, turn it into power, and make the byproduct be
1: oxygen?
0: Mind blown. Right
1: there. I mean, I I, I don't know why he did think it sooner. We all knew that. <laughs> right,
0: just, yeah, like, we knew that photosynthesis. <laughs> Catch right up. Catch up, <laughs> Like, dude, that that right there is a game changer, dude. Because right now, solar panels are made from really, like, difficult to man- manufacture, limited quantity materials like silicates and diamond and all that shit, like, goes into making solar panels. Algae you can grow in your bathtub. You don't want to, but you can.
1: It is like I I mean I didn't really read the the story because I like like personally I like what just getting your like the passion that comes from you kind of right. explaining it. But I kinda like had a wee glance through it and it is, it's just like the the science and the mentality and just everything that went into it, it really is just a breathtaking, it's a breathtaking idea. Yeah. And like, just what it means for the environment and mm-hmm. just, not just even the, the, the environment, but like, like, like you said, it can be used in space. That. Like, space travel, the fact that I think it said that it was uh, another biotech that's been developed by NASA and ESA
0: mm-hmm.
1: is basically a similar thing uh, that they're wanting to use. So they're wanting to use it to uh, fertilize space crops. Yeah, the
0: biomass used from the 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 solar panels
1: can be yeah, used to exactly. fertilize crops. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, like... There's like so much of this one invention that's just like it, it's just kind of when do you remember these seventeen problems that we had at nineteen different things Fixed it Solved. <laughs> yeah exactly it's like I got you all oh, my god. <laughs> it's, it's hilarious like thinking about like like that but at the same time you're like it's just amazing it's just yeah, an amazing like, story. The,
0: they break down the art they break down the the bio panel it says his intelligent solar Bio panels made at his firm Green fluidic Now, if I'm I'm a, I'm gonna do a little inside baseball. If this boy goes public, Dox is dropping some greens on that stock. Dox is gonna put a little greenbacks on that stock. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> right. Um, it, they're one part microalgae, one part nanotechnology. They absorb CO two before converting converting it into electricity and oxygen <laughs> I mean talk about like 9,000 level brain yeah. this kid and this kid like when you think uh, and and to be to me completely honest, like when you think of Mexico right all the you get a lot of negative stereotypes gangs yeah. and cartels and and like but then you you look at it in the the rich culture of Mexico and and the fact that an idea was like this was allowed to flourish and be supported yeah and kudos to that kid and his science teachers and everybody who was like you know kid you're onto something and like for yeah, MIT to 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 reach out and kind of award this kid like like you said this thing it can be used in space to solve like problems that like produ- how do we how do we like fertilize crops and how do we like produce oxygen in a no oxygen atmosphere. Like, dude, you no. could run those panels to, to power the ship and cycle the the CO two scrubbers. You wouldn't need CO2 scrubbers on ships. Because yeah, you would literally just breathe these panels would absorb the CO two, generate electricity and refresh the oxygen. Like what <laughs> it's the- as it just it just it blew my mind when I found this art. I was like, are you fucking like, that is some epic level galaxy brain shit. there? like, oh my god. And the fact yeah, that the, sure. this kid turned it into his own company, he was like, bring it. I was like, god damn. He's 23, dude. I am like, it's so impressed. And last week, we were talking, last week when we were talking about space, we were talking about, we wanted society to flourish and be where in, yeah. where, where innovation can be held up and pushed forward and this kid comes out with a revolutionary potentially potentially let, let's call yeah. it a potentially game changing thing because the problem with modern solar panels is they're not efficient right they get up to about 75% 80% conversion rate yeah this shit not only does that but it also produces oxygen like and cleans bullshit out of the environment, come on, man, C- come on, man. That's like that's insane. <laughs> it says the invention just gets better and better. However, the panels are today biodegradable since they are made from algae and abundant and abundant marine materials, they produce biomass while running, which can be collected and used as fertilizer, not only for space crops but for our shit. Yeah. Like, your byproduct is oxygen and fertilizer.
1: Exactly. Like, that's, that's the bit that's just completely, like, like, there's no downside to it. <laughs>
0: that's, that's really not. Like, how did we not have this before? Like, you're, like geniuses before didn't, like, what the thought process of this kid, and this is the, the thought experiment for me, is like, was he just chilling by the pond and being like, you know, photosynthesis is a bitch. Like, how can we harness that? You know, like electricity is expensive, and carbon dioxide is a real killer. Let me see what I can do. Hmm.
1: It's ju- it's just the good old water cooler talk. That's what this is. <laughs> I I am I'm beyond impressed that
0: this that this is even a possibility. Like, yeah. are you
1: shitting me? It's it's just I'm going to have to look a lot more into. It.
0: Yeah, me too. Like, I'm like into it, like, all 100%. Bro, if you go public, Docs <laughs> wants to drop some bennies on that. I'll, I'll drop a 50 spot. <laughs> Give me some of that stock. Boy, it's, it's Definitely. But I mean, come on. Like, but this article also highlights, like, the need. And, and it doesn't say specifically that he's inspired by, like, sci fi or science fiction what you know he had to have been inspired by like Star Trek or Star Wars or some sort of future tech show or future tech book where he went you know because <laughs> there's instances now in the real world where like tricorders and cell cell phones right we went I'll bring up the cell phones again cell phones were inspired by Star Trek communicators it's a fact like the woman who made Wi-Fi and cellular was like, okay, I need to bounce signals around. And then when that tech, somebody took that tech and went, you know what? I want a Star Trek communicator. And it says the inventor of the cell phone was like, I was totally inspired by Star Trek. I wonder what this kid's inspiration was. I would love to talk to this kid and just be like, how the <laughs> fuck do you come up with algae solar panels, bro? Like, what what was your inspiration? And dude, you're amazing. You're my you're my guy. Like, I'll ride with you all day. What? Well, I mean, dude. he's
1: over twenty-one, so eventually
0: get him on the show. That's right. Eventually, I'm, <laughs> put his name in the ledger of like wishless guests. Be like Aiden Sanchez, bro. Yeah. You got to tell me how you made it. <laughs> but yeah, like like we talked about last week, if we just let invention flourish, what could happen? Boom! This article, <laughs> dude. I'm I'm like I'm like geeked, man. I cannot believe that something like this is. I couldn't even fathom it. And I think that's why it blows my mind even more. It's like, yeah. dude, you took algae and you made a CO2 scrubber and a power source. Like
1: just, it's,
0: it's unreal. It's, it's just unreal.
1: insane. Like yeah. I'm I'm try I'm gonna have to shut it down because I keep on just trying to read it and I need to read it <laughs> off stream because I, I don't want it to be sitting just constantly. I know, oh, I know look the- at this beauty. <laughs>
0: And, right, the picture. The picture of the, the fucking solar panels. They look like fucking TIE Fighter wings. Like, I've seen it and I was like, is that a fucking TIE? That, honestly, that's what caught my interest too. I saw the picture and I was like, is that a fucking TIE Fighter? And then I read the article and I was like, oh shit, dude. It's so good.
1: Oh my yeah, god. It has, it has, it's I'm genuinely just, like, I'm going to have to look a lot more into that just to oh. get just the as, end as, full.
0: As, it's ridiculous. I, I it's amazing what what people can do when given the opportunity to let their um, uh imagination run wild.
1: Because mm-hmm.
0: you know he went to somebody and they were like, I'm gonna make algae solar panels and they went, get the fuck out of here.
1: Yeah, no like, exactly.
0: He went to like, like ten I... people and they were like, fuck off. And that one guy went, You know you're on to something. <laughs> <laughs> do that. So, oh, dude, it's amazing, and that, I'm I'm gonna say it's amazing for the next ten minutes. So, we're gonna end it here because <laughs> I want to read more. I want I actually want to like read this kid's interview, like because he did like. There's like I want to see if this kid's got an interview because I want to read it off stream while yeah. I'm editing or whatever to to know more because I want to know more because it's amazing. But anyway, yeah, Chris, another great show, bro. Where can the yeah. people find you? Where can they reach out to you and do the thing? What, what's up?
1: Yeah, uh, you can get me on Twitter. Get me in the YouTube YouTube comments. Who's you know, the YouTube Who's the You the comment? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Twitter at ChrissyC90. YouTube ChrissyC90. That's the best places to get you or get me. I monitor yeah, yeah. other yeah. You can get me there. <laughs> uh, I'm on other kind. Of, i I'm, I'm I'm using Twitter. Twitter. God, I, I, that, wow, everybody, this alcohol has hit me hard. You can you can twit me on Twitter.
0: <laughs> you go. can catch
1: me on Twitter. I'm i am trying to get into Twitter a lot or get a lot more active in that yep. so get me there. Share your stories, share your opinions, let's let's debate.
0: Yeah, tonight I'm gonna make a I'm gonna make a section for the drunk tank in the Discord too, so people can share their thoughts on the podcast. So that's what I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna do that tonight. Make I said I was gonna do it last week, and then I got busy, but I'm gonna do it tonight. But yeah, man, dude, your your YouTube man is looking good. I like what you're doing with the editing on the show too for the videos. How you're adding like the yeah. stinger in and the title card. I like it. Yeah, Oh,
1: But it's um, a little more professional. I know, right? And then get into the bullshit that we talk. (laughs) (laughs) At least make them think it's a professional production. And then we start talking.
0: (laughs) Yeah. We are so not professional. But, dude, great show. Um, I am Docs Ryan. Uh, You can find me on Twitch at Docs Ryan. You can find me at Twitter at Docs Ryan. Uh, On my YouTube, you can search YouTube slash Docs Ryan because branding is a thing. Um, best place to reach out to me with any sort of information is definitely on Twitter uh, or in the YouTube comments. I will be, now that I can export the VOD, I will be exporting this and uploading it to YouTube because my computer can handle it. So you can definitely go to Chris's, check the views there. And then, uh, if you want to see a less professional version of editing, you just want to see all the bullshit. I'm just going to flat export it because I'm lazy to my youtube but um but yeah i'm gonna do that more i'm also gonna get more active posting vlogs on twitter and then uh chris last week talked about maybe doing some like highlights of streams i'm gonna try and make time to do that but best place to get at me especially for the drunk tank is at twitter because i am i am fairly active on twitter uh more so yeah. than chris is but he's getting it he's getting there
1: yeah, I'm still just at the process of just sharing photos of Scotland. <laughs> that's, yeah. like, that's what I, my Twitter's pretty much filled with in a
0: I'll, I'll shoot a video out talking about how I'm going to fucking blast delivery drivers upside the head with a water bottle on Twitter.
1: <laughs> Do that all you want, but we get the views.
0: <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so guys, thank you very much. Next week, very important, next week, we will be back live, live streaming the podcast, and we will have our first guest our first guest is UKZ Monster. He is a streamer over in Manchester. Good dude. Uh he should have a lot of interesting shit to say. He's got an interesting yeah. life story, so I think I think from last time I talked to him, he's gonna hang out for the whole show and kind of drop his opinions on stuff. So you'll get to hear a third sexy accent, because you know there's mine. Then there's Chris's over there. <laughs> and then you'll hear Monster who let's be fair. His accent isn't as sexy as mine and Chris's, but you decide. All right, Chris.
1: There has to be a balance.
0: Yeah, there has to be balance in the (laughs) force. All right, buddy. Say goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Yep, thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate it. And thank you for all the growth you've been giving the podcast and the love you've been showing.
1: We really do appreciate
0: it. And we'll see you next week. And we out.